93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We had some questions about house arrest, and uh, Steve had pulled up the, this link uh, to, and, and I'll give a, a plug to the website. It's uh, Marnie Joe Snyder, criminal defense trial attorney. Oh. Sounds legit to me. They handle all of Gritty's legal work. Mm-hmm. And it says five things to know about house arrest in Pennsylvania, because we did have some house arrest we, questions. We do have a lot of questions, because it, yeah. to, I think ever since the notion of house arrest came up, it always seemed like... Well, that's a, I could think I could do that. Yeah. I'm okay, depending yeah. on how long, yeah. you know. Because yeah. we always try to, you always try to think, and that's the whole purpose of jail. It's supposed to serve as a deterrent. Yeah. Gee, I don't think I'd like to do that. Right. Listen, it, house arrest, I'm sure, is a thousand times better than prison, but I would go nuts if I was stuck in my house. You would, but if you think about being stuck totally. in a jail. Yes. Depends uh, on the better. house, too. Well, yeah. depends on if you're in Cosby's house or you're in a mobile home. Well, that's true, but I still think the mobile home would be better than uh than Yes, it would prison. be. What if you can drive your house? <laughs> Are you allowed out of your house? <laughs> Simply like... because of it. Listen, it would be yeah. other people. That's yes, yes, yeah, true. Other, other people in jail would be the big deterrent to going to jail for me. You they, can also they, they, many times can be unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you were to have, uh, and if, if those who have experienced house arrest, feel free to get in touch with us. Here are the some basic things, five things that you need to know about house arrest in Pennsylvania. Uh, so according to this website, it says house arrest can be granted instead of bail or as an alternative to serving in jail sentence. Well, we know that, right? Uh, can use an alternative punishment to jail. The judge finds a compelling reason that a defendant should be in the community, but the crime or prior record is too severe for probation and more supervision is needed, then the judge can order that the jail sentence is served on house arrest or electronic monitoring. Because sometimes you remember, <clears throat> you're allowed to go to work. I mean, you can, you can, if you're under electronic monitoring, they, they just make sure that you go from your front door to your job, back to your front door. If you're under house arrest, and I, I that may not be in this list here, Preston, but you're not are you always under monitored an electronic monitor? Or, yeah. or is it yeah, you have an is, or is, is well, that I don't know. always the case? I don't know I if it's yeah. always the or case. Or is it or not. sort of the pinky swear? No, 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 it's no always it's, the case. Yeah, and I think it actually right, it'll actually beep if you are like out too long or something. If you're out too well, long, hang on, yeah. it says here the judge can order that the jail sentence is served on house arrest or electronic monitoring. So there may be Oh, so there might be something where you don't where you, you I don't just know, have, where you have, have an like, like, like a long leash you can run up and down on the like when you put your dog out the back. You can dig. Yeah. This is what I think. Those goofy bastards. I think electronic monitoring is like a um, like a GPS that they can track you where you are, and a house arrest is you still have you have oh. the anklet, but it it really only detects when you're out of that zone. And right. listen, well, yeah, but Steve's question is: mm-hmm. is every time you're in house arrest, do you have an anklet? Yes. You know this for sure. I, I sure. think so too. Okay. I, I don't know for sure. sure but I, think, I, I don't know for sure. I think I that's don't. the case. I think that's the point of house arrest. No, I know it is. But they might also, like probation, just keep an eye on you. You know what I mean? As opposed to electronic no, I know monitoring. What, yes, I know what you're saying. My, I'm just saying my opinion is yeah. I don't think that's the case. All right. Okay, thank you. Yeah. You don't know 100%. Recall recognizes Kathy Romano. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's also like weekend jail that you can do. Yes. Yes. My buddy's yes. wife did that. I didn't know that yeah, was like available. If I, if I may like ask, uh-huh. was that, that was a DUI? Or yeah, what was, okay. yeah, it was multiple and, and, DUIs. All right, all right. I had a friend, same thing. And he would go, he went every weekend for like three months. Yeah. But it was that or like, I think it was like a full week or 
two weeks or something in jail, and he was like, "No, I'll just Ka- do the weekend situation." Kathy, what was the facility like? We we get they're not they're not checking into like um, it was the county ca- jail. No, it, yeah, that's the county but, jail. But is it is it a is it a nicer facility? Is it more you know? I mean, uh, no, is there a continental still, breakfast? No, it's no, still it's the county jail. Ho- it's more holding celly than anything else. Is it? Yeah, I well, mean, holding cell, you're in with a whole like a. Yeah, you guys want to talk to a probation please, officer? Yeah, please, please, okay. because we're clearly Clear this up. we're we're clearly <laughs> spreading nothing but truths here. <laughs> Hi, Heather, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Hi. All right. What do you want to know? All right. <laughs> Listen, Help sweetie. Us. Yeah. Even though I was in, I was there live with you guys a couple like a year ago. Oh. Oh, you are. Yeah. And even but though I what? Never told you. The PL. Oh, anyway, okay. you didn't have B.O.? So, Heather, uh, okay, so house arrest. Do you automatically, every single time, end up with uh, electronic monitoring? Mm, yes. Okay. Although there is voice monitoring, but that would be for somebody who hasn't committed a violent crime. Okay, like but maybe that's... maybe somebody who did, like, retail theft. Wait, okay. is that the, is the voice monitoring where they call the phone and you have to answer? Yes. And you have to say a certain line. Yes. All right. In fact, it says here on this website that uh, house arrest usually requires a landline phone. Uh, it says uh, uh, yeah. many people have replaced their phones with cell phones. Uh, they have to, yes. But it says so being they, being on house well, arrest requires a landline phone because most jurisdictions have computer-generated calls that go out to the defendant at random times of the day to ensure that he or she is actually there. Here we go. So you're not, wear, you're not wearing a monitor. That's the way they monitor your presence no, well, in they some wear cases. monitors. They okay. wear monitors. They're not even released from custody from jail until a home um, inspection has been done. So they have to have the landline set up. The person has to allow them, has to sign paperwork saying they can reside in their house, and they have to pay for the phone service. Right. So they need to get a landline, and then once the landline is installed and they're doing this this schedule with the calls coming in, are they at that, no, are they then well, are they are they then at that point wearing um wearing a transponder on their ankle? They're wearing a transponder and then we have on a certain floor that deals with all house arrests. And then there are all computer systems and the people just sit at the computer and monitor their movements. All right, like, so I have to tell you I'm oh. I'm even more confused. What's the purpose of of calling then on this landline to make sure that if, they are actually well, home? Wouldn't the monitor that's be transmitting? You, monitor. You, could, you could put it on somebody that's else. Not electronic monitoring. That's voice. It's monitoring. two different things, guys. It's it's oh, okay. two different. Staggeringly right. dumb. I, I would just, imagine that they they may do both as a failsafe. You may have keep found them a in way. jail. Well, no, no there, there, there may be a way that you found to to without getting detection to move that ankle monitor onto somebody else and you leave and then they you know what I mean so they yeah. go for verification it's a, right. it's a backup it's if a fail safe you tamper with it the um sheriffs come out and arrest you All right. sends a signal yeah. right. they know with you even mess with it All right Heather I have a question about um under house arrest are you allowed to leave your home as long as you stay on your property No You're no. so you're not so, allowed on your back deck you're not allowed on your front right. porch wow there is, when they take you out to the house, they have you walk the house, the perimeter of where you're allowed. Now, do they go out on the porch? Absolutely. But guess what? If the house arrest officer comes to your house and you're sitting on the porch, you're getting locked up. All right. So there is no case in which you're allowed a certain amount of yards like Outside, out, out yeah. past the porch. For example, if, if someone comes to the house 
or, or and you, you, you're going out to, to talk to the UPS man or something, we assume that there's a little bit of a grace distance around the house, right? No. Nothing. The second you go no. through that door, you are in violation of it- your... She said they walk. Correct. They walk the property, so they if they mm-hmm. know, you know, it's like a, a GPS, they so they'll know the perimeter of the house. <clears throat> I would imagine also this stuff, Steve. It's not unlike now. Listen, it's not, not going to shock you, but like the shock collar thing that we use, uh, you know, that you use for dogs. There's there's a <laughs> there's an area, yes, right, and right. it's not clear cut. There's a little, you know, there's some room give and take, a little give and take to work with. They probably and, find those spaces. Yeah, or if, if you accidentally cross it, I doubt you're going to get so in trouble immediately. Uh, your your normal convict can shoot through a wall if they need to. If the they way need your to dogs get out. Do. Something along those yeah. lines. Uh, Heather, do you see, do, do sometimes people have a choice between house arrest or serving maybe a shorter jail sentence? No. No, okay. House arrest is usually somebody who's waiting to go to court. Okay. And it's usually a violent offender. So you're not, you're usually not getting house, though they're talking about house arrest for Cosby, who would be on the other end. The verdict has been uh, rendered, and that is the the, the punitive, the, the punishment. So. Oh, for someone like him? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he'll probably get house arrest and serve his time in his home. That, yes. That's your guess? He's going to get house arrest, you believe? Oh, no doubt. Oh, okay. Okay. Really? All right, we'll see. Interesting. All right, thanks, Heather. We appreciate it. All right. Nice bye. talking to you. Um, <laughs> She's adorable. With, <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, several people uh, have a direct story about uh, being on house arrest or someone they know, so I'm going to go to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, Kathy. What do you want to tell us? Uh, well, my son was on house arrest for a DUI, mm-hmm. and there was no ankle monitor. He had a designated phone that he had to answer no matter what time it rang, okay. like in the middle of the night. If he if he sounded like he was intoxicated, then they would show up, but not that that ever happened. But he was allowed to go back and forth to work. All right. He was allowed, yeah. he was allowed out of the house at a certain time, and he had to be back at a certain time. So here's and, a case where he didn't have to wear any sort of ankle monitor, He no. and, and it was a landline to make sure that it was going directly to his house. He could go to work. And would he would he make the call before he left for work and make the call when he returned? No, they called they him. They call to you. Make, okay. Yeah, they call you to make okay. sure that you're there where you're supposed to be. And he wasn't allowed out on the patio either. He had to stay in the house. No patio. See, I figured there were no. levels of this. I figured there and were then, levels and, like probation where right. you just got to keep your nose clean. And also, listen, instead of monitoring you 24-7, we're just going to call every now and then. And if you're not there, you're in trouble. What if you put... A convict door in the kitchen door. (laughs) Like, so that they can go in and out. Like a cat or a dog. Like a convict door. Yeah. And he had a a parole officer that would come and give him a breathalyzer and, you know, have a conversation with him, like, like periodically. It was unannounced. Is he okay now? Is he he, he on the straight and narrow? No, he he learned his lesson. All right, good. Kathy, how often did they call? Um, it, it was different. Sometimes they would call twice a day. Sometimes they would call four times a day. It was just, they would call at three in the morning. But it was every day. Every day. Okay. So what are you doing? No, you hang on. You know, and I think it's probably Preston based on the crime too. Yeah. Yeah. Like OJ wouldn't have gotten that. I don't think he yeah. would have gotten the voice I don't have a I don't have a mobile phone. <laughs> uh let me go to another call and we have somebody who texted who we got on the line as well. I'm gonna go to Courtney. Hi Courtney, good morning. Hey bitches. Hey what? What's up, Courtney? What's up? Yeah. Um, no, I just wanted to weigh in. Yeah, my boyfriend at the time was on house arrest twice. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they just call you. I mean, he wasn't electronically monitored. He didn't have an anklet or anything like that. And they just call, and you have to say something like, the eagle has landed or the sun rises in the east. 
Or hey, bitches. Yeah, yeah. hey, what? Hey, what? Or, hey, bitches, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but I wonder if they're using it. All I did was get out of the shower. <laughs> they're using showism. That would be great. Yeah, they oh. use show Please guess what I get to do. Oh, I love that. That would be great. Yeah. Nice. $200 to spray my bushes. <laughs> Courtney, yeah, what? Able, like mow the lawn and stuff like that, you know? He could, okay, so he had a little bit more latitude. Is he? Is he being good now? I'm sorry? Is he being good now after his two times under house arrest? Oh, no, he has definitely learned his lesson. He's All right. Much better. All right. Okay. All right. I wonder how restrictive you, you you know, because I, I am sort of a homebody, but I think it's I, it's under my own volition. Exactly. If when you're mandated to do it, it becomes a wholly other thing. Yeah. If yeah. somebody tells you you can't leave, you're going to yeah. start to get claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my friend's dad was on... Uh, it wasn't house arrest. I think it was parole for him, and he had to do the voice recognition. And I remember being at their house. This was, you know, back when we were in high school. I remember being at their house, and the phone would ring, and it would be like, get down, get him. <laughs> and he would come wow. like, nobody else could answer the phone. Nobody was allowed to no, answer that line. Nobody could answer the phone. Right. It had to be him. And it was a landline. Like, it was it wasn't, a landline. So what if he was taking a dump? I, uh, listen, Stop. I'm Cut, telling you, poop knife. Case the few times <laughs> that I was there, it was like it was urgent. Get him sure. wherever he is. He needs no to answer around. that phone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's the, it is on you then, no matter what. So uh, it you can't know, be a cordless phone. Well, I don't know about it, that. It, they're looking for just for a landline. Yeah. So if they're looking for yeah. a landline, they're looking. It goes directly to that. A cordless phone doesn't have great distance on it, yeah. so you'd still be within the house. Yeah. In fact, you might you might limit your. If you just had phones around the house, a couple of different extensions, you'd yeah. probably do better off. You look a little deflated when you said that. Case was like, hey, you can't have a cordless phone. Well, that's I just a- want to go out on the deck and feed oh, pretzels so to the deer. No, but if I was, you know, taking a dump and and the phone rings, like, oh man, yeah. what's I'm more important to you to go back to go to yeah, go make an accidental jail mess. cell? No, no, or, I know. Or crap yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, but like when you're in the middle of that, and you're like, oh, geez, oh man, I gotta. <laughs> Pinch it off and yeah. like run and, and yeah, that's that's that sucks. That's what you got to yeah. do. I'm gonna go to Joel who had texted in. Joel is a defense lawyer. Oh, all right. hi, Joel. Good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Good, Joel. Do you uh, you want to be open with where you uh, work, or is that uh, would you rather be anonymous about it? Oh no, no, no. I own my own shop, so I don't have a boss to get me in trouble. Oh, there you very go. Good. Where do you work? I work out of Westchester, but I work all over southeastern PA. Okay, my office is in Westchester. All right, uh, are you, and you're a defense lawyer, do you see a lot of people ending up with uh, house arrest? You know, normally it's for, for more minor stuff. Normally it's going to be like what the PO said and what some of your callers have said. It's going to be somebody with a DUI to be part of their um, part of their punishment. Right. It could be somebody with more minor issues like a retail theft, something like that. It's very rare that you see someone with a violent crime or a serious felony getting that kind of a punishment so so the extenuating circumstances with cosby and the fact that it's come up as a possibility is that he's 81 and he's he's not what they would consider a flight risk and or anything of that nature so do, do you think it's possible i don't think i think he's going to get some jail time but do you think it's possible he'll end up with house arrest you know i think it's possible but i think it's improbable okay I mean, for the reason you, for the reason you said i the judge is going to take into account his age his physical infirmities um but at the same time he's also got to look at what he was convicted of. Yes. And, you know, I, I think I think you're going to see some some pretty big outcry if someone was convicted of those kind of felonies is, is allowed to get house arrest. Right. So. You know, I I, th- I think you're right. Absolutely. So so. And the uh, DA is really pushing for jail time. Obviously. Oh yeah. What's yeah, what's yeah, the, the highest DA's pushing for? for I'm sorry. The, the guy. His 
guidelines are like 22 months to 36 months. Okay. Um, so the max is 10 years on each count, but the guidelines are 22 to 36 months. Now, they can depart 12 months over or under that based on the guidelines. So you, I, I'm guessing he's going to be somewhere from a year to two if he gets jail time. Hey, um, but Joel, do you think that a, that a, that a judge might, might consider uh, one's... Uh, uh, w- what their living atmosphere is like, their luxury, their amenities, and so forth, and 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 if it were kind of on the fence, maybe go. You know what? That's too nice, and we need to we need to make sure that drop you it down understand. to a forty inch set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if a judge considered it. I don't know that the judge would come out and say that at the right. time. Of, of course, sure, sure. So yeah. what what's the highest? Well, yeah, sure. What's the highest level of of severity you think for a crime that, besides Cosby's case? Where mm-hmm. where where? What's the cutoff on house arrest? You know, I've never seen house arrest go for somebody, you know, with a felony. Okay. Sure. Oh. Um, but then again, I mean, sometimes you see people with felonies that are first-time offenders on a nonviolent crime that get probation, so yeah. they're not even house arrest. So, oh, all right. I mean, it's tough, it's tough to give the broad statement that it would be this for this or that for that. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, everybody's watching, so yes, we'll Cosby's sort of high profile. Uh, Joel, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to give the name Thanks, of your guys. your practice if somebody needs a good uh, defense lawyer? Absolutely. Uh, I run the Ben Laugh Law Group with my partner. All right. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Joel. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Take care. Want to go to somebody who's on house arrest right yes. now? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me go to, we have a number of them, actually. I hope they have Cole waiting. I'm going to go to Alex. <laughs> Hi, Alex. You're on the air. Hi, how you doing? Good. So, Alex, uh, you're you're currently under house arrest. Yes. For how how long is your sentence? Uh, I'm I'm on parole actually, and I was out past my curfew, and uh, I got caught, and I wound up getting on it, the GPS monitoring bracelet. Okay. okay. So, so therefore every so therefore every day when I uh I have to call in for my curfew. All right, and then it's like the other lady was saying, they call to make sure I'm there, mm-hmm. you know, or they could stop out at any time. Sometimes they come out. And you, were, you were in for a, having a potty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then so I got that off, right? I was doing all right, and then uh, one weekend I had a couple beers, and of course my officer came out. Oh. And uh, gave me a breathalyzer. So now I'm actually on an alcohol bracelet, and various times a day it it tests my skin sweat for yeah. alcohol. Yep. I've heard, I met a guy who had one of those on one time. Tracy yeah. Morgan had one for a and while. Did he? Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Crazy story. Last weekend, I'm using disinfectant, and this thing skyrocketed to 0.25. <laughs> and they're not going to believe What did it taste like? <laughs> Alex, I don't believe you, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? Was it really disinfectant? Honestly, yeah. What are you disinfecting? Uh, my nephew was coming over. He's a newborn, and my son was a little sick, so you know what I mean? Like Just He's like, like hand sanitizer? No, like a uh, spray disinfectant. Like a Lysol like spray? I, I, yeah, exactly. I was wiping a few things down, All right. you know what I mean? Do me a favor. We can't see. Hold up your right hand. <laughs> I hereby swear I was using disinfectant Listen, and wasn't. I, I would be like one of those, uh, like an Olympic athlete who was like, I can't, don't, don't bring, don't even bring that yes, in the room. Don't, no. That, that's, that's on the here. testing list. Get that out of here. Right. I can't be anywhere near it. I mean, I, but then again, maybe you don't think of, of disinfectant having that. Uh, Alex, were you able to go to work while you had yeah, this on? I'm at work right now. Okay. And he so, works at a cleaning supply company. So, so yeah, you right? don't have the GPS <laughs> monitoring device on, you just have the alcohol testing device. I got the GPS off. Now they put me on the alcohol monitoring. All right. I'm allowed to use 
Axe body spray, they tell you. Yeah. Well, Axe body spray is just horrible anyway. So <laughs> there, there are a lot of guys doing hard time for Axe body spray. That's just aesthetic. Yeah, that and there's a whole trick car wing at Greaterford. So, Alex, how how careful are you being right now, man? I'm, and uh, I mean, I'm, I, I make sure, like, actually, I got to clean some tile today mm-hmm. on, like, that has grout and stuff on it. And I was actually just making sure the, the uh, cleaner didn't have alcohol in it. Okay. While I was waiting for you guys to answer. So, so how, how much long are you going to be monitored? Sir? Yeah. Uh, another 30 days. Okay. So, so you I- have to do all your cleaning with O'Doul's. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually people who try to put stuff between it, like pieces of bologna and stuff like that. And the like, old bologna. Thing. But wait, between what? Between the between the cleanser and your the skin? Monitor. No, it, the monitor. Right. Oh, exactly. right. But yeah. it, it'll, it'll, the monitor and your skin. Right, yeah. because it would sense it as skin, right? Mm. Yes. Bologna. Bologna. But, that's Boy. crazy, and but it, like I said, it, it tests for heat and everything. Though okay, oh, okay. so it, well, there you go. Now well, you got to put it in the microwave first. <laughs> heat, heat up your bologna. Yeah. <laughs> let, oh my God, me. your skin is two hundred degrees. Wow. <laughs> um, and all apparently, right, Alex, you have pickle. You have olives in your skin. Alex, straighten up, man. All right, you being good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm being good. All right. I'm this anyway. All, All right, right, man. We'll talk to you later. Now. All right. Yes, be good. Be wise. Thanks for the call. We'll see Baloney you later. forever. Yeah. <laughs> you believe him? 101 uses for I, be- I I think I his know, heart's man. probably in the right place. Listen, and we- we're sending him over to your house to uh, do some cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there was a guy that we had in here a while back who, who was an ex-con, and, and he started to tell Casey and I his story, and it was just like... One thing after another, man, it was them, and they were. I was just trying to do this and that, and Case and I weren't believing them at all. Mm-hmm. It was because it was it was a series of in the wrong place at the wrong time, but it happened again and again and again. And, and we're, Case and I were talking like, dude, you're just, <laughs> you're either you're really not trying or you're the one that's yeah. getting in trouble. So I was I was talking to a guy who, who's been employing ex-cons, and, and the guys who talk to him, President, are yeah. not that way. They It was me. I did it. Yeah, I made the mistake. I, I and, and it and but and then they also turn out to be exemplary workers because they're they're happy for the second chance and the opportunity. Sure. And we met people like that too. Yes, yeah. And, but uh, but uh, you know, I understand if uh, listen, you got to take ownership. Things, but things can go wrong, yeah. and you can end up being wrongfully prosecuted. Yes. That can happen. But if it happens again and again and again. You need to turn things around and look at right. where the problem may may really get a be. better quality baloney, <laughs> <laughs> thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Oscar yeah. Meyer, yeah. please. Yeah. Yes. Can you sliced thicker, please? Can you imagine being a PO and having to deal with these oh, stories every no. day and like just and, and half the people lying or a third of the people, whatever or, the percentage, or pe- is. and then people who really want to to, to turn things around and need your assistance. I have trouble being a parent and right? getting stuff from my kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. And imagine being in charge of, you know, of of the fate of full-grown adults and trying to decipher exactly whether they did it or not. I don't know. It's too much. Anyway, um, interesting. All right, well, thank you for your calls, guys. We appreciate it. This 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand program returns after a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, I'd like to thank Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. We are headed back to Jack Frost on Friday, March 1st, for our 13th annual Preston and Steve Cardboard Classic. Go to WMMR.com to score lift tickets for just 20 bucks and for details on how to register your sled to compete for cash and prizes. From WMMR and JFBB, where the snow comes first. French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville has everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big-name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional info. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? 
Taking time for yourself isn't selfish, it's self-care. Schedule a massage or facial at your local Hand & Stone Massage and Facial Spa with a relaxing massage or refreshing facial for just $59.95 for first-time guests. Visit one of their 50 area locations or handandstone.com. Scoot up Valentine's Day? Diamonds will get you out of the doghouse. Make it up to her with Stevens Angel Heart Diamond Necklace for only $128. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. This is the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I don't mind drinking water, but I came across this. I don't, I don't gain any real pleasure out of drinking water. Like the flavor, I don't go, ooh. See, man, that's tasty. I do. You do. I drink it sometimes. I'm like, like my first sip of water when I uh, wake up in the morning or if I get in the car, like if I, you know, after I brush my teeth and I, you know, take a sip or I get in the car, I'm driving to work and I drink it, I get that like, oh, so good. I love water. Wow. I know where we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going here, but but uh, to that point, I have developed that, Kathy. I now, for years and years and years, I uh, water, no way. I, I, it's boring, blah, blah, blah. Now I drink tons of it. In fact, a few years ago when I passed out on air, the whole remember that whole incident? Yeah, of course. Uh, we took me to the Lankanau and the, the doctor there said, you're drinking too much water. Yeah. I was actually drinking, and I, and I continue to drink, you know, a couple of liters a day of water because I, I just, now I do look forward to the taste. Oh. And I can tell between tap and... Um, you know, and uh, bottled, bottled water. But I think all the bottles are pretty much the same. Just clean water, you know. I uh, No, I see it as pretty much functional. It's yeah. not like I, okay. I, was tell, I was telling Nick not that long ago, when you take that first sip of beer, oh, God, that's good. <laughs> God, oh, my that's God, does that taste good? Hey, crack open a Poland spring. <laughs> I sit there and smell it first. Mm. Uh, ah, here we go. Listen, um, I, I didn't say that I didn't get that as well. I just also get it with water. You literally said you got aroused beyond all comprehension. <laughs> yeah. No, but like when opens. you're really thirsty, that first drink of water is amazing. Yeah. And, okay. and for me, it's room temperature. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go with you at that. Yeah. But in general, I find water just to be fairly functional. There are a group of people, I saw this article, and it's titled Hydro Haters, people <laughs> who refuse to drink water no matter what. There are people that not only do they just see it as kind of bland and tasteless, they don't like the taste of it. It tastes bad to wow. them. And I've, I was not familiar with this subset it, of people. It, it, yes, and it's it's fascinating. Now, we know about people who are allergic to water, who, who get a little bit on. We have one yeah, of our, we met somebody. Uh, yeah, who, who came into the studio. But to not like the taste, and when your body is, what, 75%, 70% water, you're composed of mostly water, and you can't. Take it into your system. Yeah, I don't understand that. You know, like, it is, even though I get that feeling like, oh, I love that, it is, it's just, to me, it's just water. Like, what, how, what do you hate about it? Well, here you go. So, I'll give you some examples. And these are, these are like, uh, so, Odell Beckham Jr., the New York Giants. Yes. Wide receiver. Hates water so much that he'll fight through painful cramps rather than hydrate. Well, that's, that's actually, yes. In fact, if you don't. If you don't hydrate, you will get yes. painful cramps. And I, I find that I hear, like, my bone, like, my joints clicking. So he, he tells reporters, when you get that stomach, it's all slushy. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to stay hydrated, but sometimes I just got to go get an IV. Oh, oh my wow. God. He not do that okay. rather than drink, drink water. water. What about Gatorade? Mm-hmm. I mean, does he... Let me go on. Okay. Lori, no, if it's got flavor, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. It's just I'm water. just talking about water. Regular yeah. water. Just water. Lori Cheek, however, hasn't beat. She's landed in the ER three times <gasps> due to severe dehydration. She simply refuses to touch 
water. She's been uh, carted off in an ambulance after fainting at the gym. Dear God. After suffering a panic attack after experiencing extreme exhaustion from a minor cold. But she says she still won't fall for, quote, Big Waters scare tactics. <laughs> big Waters yeah, yeah. scare tactics. I didn't even realize there were oh, Big Waters scare tactics. My mom thinks that water is the cure-all. Like, if you, you have a headache, you have a sinus infection, you got a broken ankle. Do, did you, how much water did you have today? Okay. Yeah. That's what I'll get from her. You know right. you're going to get anal cancer. <laughs> you know what Farrah Fawcett didn't do? Just drink drink water. a lot of water. And she was, it was just, and that's what happened. <laughs> so um, when I had my, uh, my surgery years ago, right it's right there, <laughs> uh, that one of the things in, in preparation, they tell you to up your water quotient. To, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it is good for you. Yeah. With the headaches though, I, I do believe in that because uh, I think the first sign of, uh, you know, dehydration, dehydration is, is a headache. Is a headache? So, so I will slam some water first before I, you know, go to anything Jeez, else. original or powdered? I, I like powdered water. Uh, she said, even if there are absolutely no other options besides water, I usually just opt to not drink anything. Uh, people simply, these people simply mm. don't drink water. Most hate the taste. Some grew up on juice and soda. Others depend on flavor enhancers for every glass that they're forced to uh, to down. Yet more have coffee with their workouts. A few have wine. Coffee. Ins- wow. Instead of water. Oh. So, Preston, for, for years, rather than drink water, I would drink very, like, uh, diet iced tea. Uh, you know, I'd drink, like, Arizona iced tea. Uh, and that was my thing. I would never drink just straight water. And that is completely... The other way now. Opposite, the water yeah. is 90% of what I drink. I see people at the gym sometimes with a cup of coffee. You how, know, do like you, a t- how do you not I, scold yourself? But to me, I don't. I don't understand. Like, that's not refreshing. After you're a workout or during a workout, you need water. I think a, a, a good workout hmm. drink is soup, right, Preston? <laughs> yeah. Like a split pea a soup. Stew or something. A stew like or that. something. Yeah. Like, you see people going to the gym with their crock pots. Yeah. <laughs> just it, it really enhances the workout. So really? this, so this gal I was quoting, Lori Cheek, she's the creator of a dating app called Cheeked, by the way. So these are all you know people who are successful and so forth. But anyhow, uh, she said I can only drink it when I'm about to seriously dehydrate. I can't describe the taste, but I dislike it so much that when I know I should be drinking it, I have to force myself or convince myself I need it. If I do drink it, I almost have to shoot it so that it don't taste it. I like to just... It doesn't taste like anything. Like, I just try to get it over with. She said, I put all sorts of stuff in it to make myself drink it, like Emergency, Crystal Light, and other flavored hydration tablets, because I can barely force myself to drink it plain. That's just... That's crazy. That's insane. But to say that it doesn't have a flavor is incorrect. Um, It does have a flavor. It's... I don't... Is it? Yeah, yes. Well, you can tell the difference between waters, you say so clearly. There's a flavor, Kathy. I guess, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, you not enough t- could you that... tell? Could you tell tap water from bottled water? I think I could, yeah. When's the last time you drank tap water? Oh, I have Do to, you? I can't remember. My dad was over the other day, and he got water out of my faucet, and he was like, your tap water is disgusting. And Get like, out of here, old man. No, <laughs> I was like, well, I have no idea. I don't think I've ever had a drink from the tap. Well, I did. I, yesterday, I, I did. Okay. I, I, impressed him because I, I just ran out, and I just... I was, Coughing, you know, I, I, I the wonderful occurrence when you start to choke on your own spit. Mm-hmm. Got, yeah, it was already in your body to begin with, but now you're choking on it. So just immediately grabbed a glass and took it out of the tap. But I could tell instantly that, you know, there was a difference in the tap water taste. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind, like, a water fountain. Would you ever drink from that? 
Oh my god! No, it's like having <laughs> sex with strangers. Seriously, that it's is hilarious. like sex with a lot of men. It's like having time. sex with multiple men at once. <laughs> that's what that's what bottled water has turned the 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 faucet and yeah. and the, uh, the the fountain into. Ew, gross! Well, well, you know, and wait, it's wait, wait, just fine. Will your it's totally fine. Does it's your fine. Do your cats drink tap water? Oh yeah, my cats okay. have water. My yeah. cats have right. fountains. On, uh, literally, we have cat fountains on every every floor. Yeah, we have we have a fountain too. But you use tap water to fill up fill it up, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't, it's only Evian or nothing. You don't get the Culligan man to, to fill that up for you. I mean, most of the water that they, you they drink, drink out of the toilet press, and I'm not really going to spend premium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if if we took a bottle of Evian and, and used a tap from or our garden hose and, and gave it to Kathy, she probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Oh um, no, I, we did this before. I know. Did we? Uh-huh. Yes, I was able. Um, to tell between if, different bottles of water. However, I do think that you'd be able to tell uh, if it was completely filtered water uh, or purified water from like CVS. Like sometimes you have to get that for babies. Like or, still, so yes, yeah. I, I use it all the time because when I do my uh, Neil Med for the Neil Med, exactly. Right, right. And, have you ever drank that, Steve? Yes. And that it, tastes. It's, it's like it's, odd. it's what it is is wet air. Yes. yes. <laughs> By the way, speaking of uh, knowing the uh, the difference in tastes in, in waters, I think. Where I get my nails done, Kathy. Yeah. They have a little water um, cooler. Water cooler. That, thank you, Preston. <laughs> I think. Hey, listen, sometimes. Well, he's been to England. I have been to England, and, and I, I'm not used to speaking the language anymore right. here in America. Water cooler is what you're thinking of. I think, Kathy, that they fill their water cooler with tap water and then just put it in oh, there. I'm sure they do. Yeah. It's where? At my, my nail salon. Yeah. I'm not going to say the name of it because I'm saying something bad about them. <laughs> But, like, dude, come on. Just buy the regular water. and, and uh, Would you go there for water or you go there for your nails? Well, I go there for my nails, but it, it's there. But they what's, offer Why it? do you suspect that they're because filling it, the tap water? It tastes a little weird. It tastes, it doesn't okay. Have you ever taste. ordered, like a, like, a steak while you were there? Because <laughs> you're not there for a steak. You're no. there for your nails. Hang on. Well, it's it's Our- false advertising. Here, here's some texts coming. I want to go to calls uh, from people who hate Water. I mean, not just don't prefer to drink it, but you hate it. Haters. Here's one. Uh, here's a text says, I do not drink water. I hate it. It's dry to me. It doesn't quench my thirst at all, and it tastes awful. <laughs> That's from Jackie B. in South Philly. Uh, I'm going to go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. What's up, Brian? I'm all right. I just wanted to uh, add into the discussion. Uh, I <laughs> never drink water, and uh, in fact, I don't even give tap water to my dog. I Sorry, I give her bottled water, and uh, the only things I ever drink are Mountain Dew and Wawa IC. Oh okay, God, so terrible. so it, for four years, huh? let's just say for the past ten years, you have never taken a bottle of water or a glass of water and had a drink of it. That's right. Wow. Mm. Wow. I don't even know how you could avoid you that in, at some point. Are you in decent shape, Brian? Uh, no, I'm not in very good shape at all, and neither are my teeth, for that matter. Okay, oh, well, they're, they're, that's the downside. Right. Yeah, yeah. that yep. might be part of it. Well, why do you give your dog bottled water? Because I don't trust the uh, the tap water. I, I always thought that it tasted horrible, uh, more bad than bottled water. And I and besides, that the industry is run by cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could look into like a Brita filtered, uh, you know, pitcher for. I mean, just to save some money. Those for- Brita filters are actually really good, and there's another company that's actually even a little bit better. Or a lot of people do the thing, and I'm actually thinking of uh, of looking into it, where you have it just built into your. Your system. Well, I have a filter that goes into my my refrigerator. Um, yeah, and, and I, you know what the, the problem is, is that every time when the filter starts to wear out, you yeah. never replace it. I have it. no idea how to replace <laughs> it. Goddamn so thing! I do. I can help you out. Please. I, can, uh, I totally figured it out because I went and bought a new filter, and then I open up my fridge. I'm like, 
I don't know where the F this thing goes. I mean, I was looking up and down. I'm like yeah. taking drawers out. I'm like, where does this thing go? And I finally. All right. Well, I, I may call upon your expertise. It's not that bad. My kids don't like to drink water that's not like freezing cold. That, that me, I'm like, if, if it's wet, that's all I care about. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't care about the temperature. I like it either or, but I prefer cold. My mom said, she just texted me. She said, not drinking water is pure stupidity. Oh. <laughs> there you go. How does she feel about this? Uh, hey, here's uh, here's some more. Let me read some more uh, quotes and I'll go to some phone calls. Uh, this is from um, a guy named Chris Riley, owner of the food blog called The Daring Kitchen. Says, I'd rather quench my thirst with castor oil than have to take a sip of water. I remember really not liking it from about six or seven and tended to drink a lot of milk as a kid. And now I'm in my 30s and it makes me feel sick to the stomach when I see people constantly hydrating with big, huge bottles of mountain fresh spring water. For me, it's the taste or lack thereof that I find so unappealing, especially if it's straight out of the tap. It has a very metallic and almost moldy taste to it. He's he's not drinking the right water then. Although so, uh, although it's not so bad with bottled water, it's enough to put me off. I've kept myself alive by adding Robinson's fruit shoot to nearly every drop of liquid I've consumed. Plus, I drink quite a bit of milk every day. If I'm on a long car journey, I bring a large bottle of diet soda, so I'd say I'd keep hydrated regardless. Besides... I'd rather be uh, a bit thirsty than drink water. Or basically, I'd rather be a bit thirsty. Here's a person named Alex uh, Schmiggy. Schmiggy. Let's uh, get the Schmiggy take Schmiggy. on this. Schmiggy like to drink water. It says, uh, I hate Doesn't drinking like I hate drinking plain water. It the, the taste is different everywhere you go, and it feels slimy going down my throat. Water doesn't feel slimy. Slimy. Well, this person oh. does. And so I found lots of ways to get around having to do so. I brew tea and chill it to make an icy brewed beverage. In the summer, I brew my tea outdoors under the sun. It's easy. It tastes better sun than plain water. So or I use none or emergency. A lot of people put uh, little cucumber slices in it mm-hmm. and do those little things. Yeah. I wonder if people who are... But that's still, you're still getting a lot of the water taste in that. I wonder yeah. if that is still something they wouldn't engage in. I don't normally care. Uh, like, I'll drink tap water, no problem. I yeah. don't like the tap water down the shore for some reason. I don't know. But there are people that love that. I have a friend really? who bottles it up and brings it home with him are at the end really? of the summer. Wow. Like a bootlegger? Yeah, he loves shore water. <laughs> that's another question. People in certain areas where they actually take the bottle of the water out of the tap, bottle up, it, and take it home with them. Yeah. Interesting. Every yeah. summer. It's probably levels of chlorine and fluorine, right, that uh, change the taste. And well, there's also in, in New York. Actually, when growing up, Long Island always had, though we had a high degree of, uh, of uh, cancers and stuff like that. The water was always considered some of the best tasting water in the country. Okay. Uh, it also has to do with the. Um, with, there's hard water, so yes. there's actually uh, particles in there that right. can be um, like limestone. Know, yeah, stuff, exactly. Yeah. That that can influence the flavor. In my old house, uh, when I used to live in Phoenixville, we had well water, and when we moved there. I was nervous about that. I thought that, uh, that's exactly what, Casey, the face you made. I was yeah. like, oh, man, well water. But we had this filtration system that we put in. It was the best tasting water I've ever had. And I actually miss that because I'm on public water now. Uh, I'm going to go to Steve, who has a story of this. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Good. What's up, buddy? So I have a coworker who's about 70 years old, and he's in good health. He walks 12 miles a day and has never had a glass of water in the past 40 years. Wow. 40 years. 40 years. He's never had a glass of water. Now, what? so he could be getting his water in other, and obviously he is, but what? what is his go-to drink? Has he ever revealed that to you? Oh, yeah. We talk. He's. Uh, I'm a teacher, and he's, he's an aide in our school, so, I mean, he'll even walk, like, three miles a day during the school day, like, on his prep periods. And um, he drinks diet soda exclusively. Ooh. Okay. All right. He well, said you get- at any given point, he's got... 
12, 12 packs and 22 liters of diet soda in his garage. Wow. I got to imagine. 22 liters. It can't be good. But it, yeah, I mean, no, no. you're well, getting you you, is, you get hydrated from that yeah. stuff. There's water. There's in water in it. Yeah, all of that. But it comes along with a bunch of other stuff. Right. Well, like that guy said, who was drinking the Mountain Dew, his teeth fell out. Well, yeah, he doesn't have yeah. great, you know, dental hygiene. Yeah, Steve, what were you saying? Uh, I, I asked because you know he's of advanced age, and uh, you know he seems like he's good, in good health. I always ask him, like, you know, what does your doctor say? And he says. His doctor used to try to talk him out of it, but at this point, all his, you know, blood work comes back good, his sugar comes back good. He says, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We should sell him a quick, Preston. I will go to, yeah, right. Let me go to Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Lindsay? Uh, so, I think water is just awful. When I drink it, I feel like there's air bubbles stuck in my throat. Air bubbles in your throat. Right, I understand that. Yeah. So, so, do you avoid it at all cost and only drink it when you absolutely have to? Yeah, I mean, I think my body has basically gotten used to being chronically dehydrated because <laughs> <laughs> so, I really just—I never drink it. Lindsay, what do you drink? Um, depends. I mean, you know, maybe iced tea, maybe juice, maybe nothing at all. It's like it just. Anything to avoid water, pretty much. Would you? Would you do any 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 powder drinks? How about water? Like uh, like yeah. high. Yeah. Stop. That's how people like, talk in this city. People say water around. Hang here. on a second. She's talking. Go ahead, Lindsay. Uh, I mean, I'll drink like Crystal Light and stuff. And yes, I say water. I'm from Philly. <laughs> You're allowed. Uh, okay, so you'll add those. You'll add those little flavor enhancers to water if you have to drink it. Right. So All I right. Know I'm Drinking water, but if it's plain by itself, <laughs> it's really hard for me to get down. I hear okay. you. Wow. Okay. Thanks. I do hear that. So for me, actually, the the drinking of the water will eliminate the bubbles in my throat. Yeah. It, yeah. You would think it. Yeah. Me too. But I. Some people, you know, uh, have a different water. Uh, hang on a second. I'm going to go to Jason, who services and conditions water for a living. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we get to the bottom of it. Hi, Jason. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. So I work for a company. We install water conditioners, and the three things that affect the taste of water is the hardness, the acidity, the pH of the water, and the iron amount that's in your water. Oh. So, 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 Jason, when you install like a, 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 a water um, uh, conditioner system for a house, the tap water, would, would it be equivalent to like a like Dasani or like a bottled water? It could be, yeah. I mean, we can. What we do is we take a raw water sample, um, mostly for well water, but also for city water. Yeah. And based upon what we find in the water, determines what kind of conditioning we would install to remove any impurities or lower the pH or even increase the pH more commonly. Hmm. Jason, what the, can when, you say what company you work for? Yeah, Ed Powell Pump and Well. Okay, yeah, the company that I hired for the house, they they would bring they brought out like a, a filtration system that was second to none, and it was uh, not the same one that you work for, but it was really impressive. And they had like charcoal filters, and then sometimes they'll have to yep. use like um, uh, uh, solar radiation almost or something like that to to kill any uh, UV. UV, thank you. Yeah, to kill any yeah. biologic, right? Yeah, an ultraviolet light system that's installed and neutralizes any bacteria that's in the water system. Right. Do they have laser guns? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not quite. More like a lightsaber. More like a lightsaber. Well, that is cool. What does what an average system run like that for a house? Uh, between three and four thousand dollars, depending on all that you need. All right. Okay. Interesting. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, we have a we have a purified 
water system in our house. It's an extra little um, faucet. It's this little skinny thing. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? yeah like, like a dentist's de- office. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a little thing. So that's where our we use that for cooking or, or drinking. Does it ever affect the pressure in the house, the water pressure? No. Okay. <laughs> but your toilets explode when you yeah, use it. Yeah, they will explode. <laughs> you know what, Press? I do remember not really caring for the water flavor uh, when I was in uh, college. Because, and okay. that was not far from what? where you were. Yeah. You go to college to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> we have water parties, yeah. man. <laughs> Woo! I've never heard of people who actually will avoid it at all costs. I know people who don't prefer because right. there's, you know, look, there's not much flavor in it. And so I'm not going to drink it. But there are some people who are like, ugh. Uh, it actually grosses them out, the idea to drink water. Do you know what happens when, when and, and it's happening right now, actually, talking about water makes me drink water. It's like yeah, some, some, when someone yawns, yeah. you yawn as well. I have a friend who doesn't really, I mean, she doesn't hate it, but she doesn't really drink water. And I, when I see her, I can tell when she has not really had, like, I can tell that she's dehydrated. I see it in her face, like the coloring. Huh. And, I'll, and I've asked her, I'm like, I've tested her a few times, and she's like, no, you're right, I should drink some right now. What's the most dehydrated you've ever been? Oh, I went to the hospital. <laughs> Did yeah. you really? Yeah. yeah. Just strict, strictly because of dehydration? Yeah. Well, it wasn't so, related to something else? No, no, no. It was straight up. I, I was dehydrated. Uh, this is probably six years ago or something like that. Okay. Um, so I How had, did you let it get away from you that you were in? I don't know. Yeah. Steve, to tell you the truth. I, what I, were what, you what, drinking the night before? N- no, I, I wasn't oh. drinking at all at this point in my life. But yeah. uh, what was going on was I had a headache. That wouldn't go away, and that's not normal for me. So, like, I had a head, and so if I usually take some Advil or whatever, it'll go away. And yes. I had this headache that not only wouldn't go away, but it was getting worse and worse. And then finally, I just I went over to Lankanol, and I sucked down like two bags of saline. Want to uh, suck your bags? Uh, no, but it, I, but I, my body was so dehydrated, but I didn't know that. I had no wow. idea what was going on. Oof. The most hydrated I remember being was uh, me and a whole big group of friends went on uh, what we call float trip. It was you know a <clears throat> canoe trip down. Oh, the, you've mentioned oh, this yeah, legendary. Yeah, you were naked. It's an overnight thing. So so we you know we just drank and sat it's, outside. It's a wonder that we didn't die, you know. And we camped out that night. And the next day, I woke up. And I was so dehydrated. Like, I'm just like, oh, I need something. I need something. <laughs> and there was nothing. There was no, there was nothing to drink. But I found somebody, we had these coolers and they just had ice in them, uh, melted ice. I was going to drink that, but they, somebody had bought oranges and there were oranges in the cooler oh. and they were ice cold. Oh, oh my yeah. God, it was amazing. I ripped that thing up and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like a vampire. <laughs> I love this already. <laughs> and I was just, they saved my life. Now my mouth is watering. Yeah. yeah. Or just saved my life. Oranges! Steve, it's funny that you went to and passed out because you'd been drinking too much water. The, yeah. the, oh, I passed out in the studio because I was dehydrated. Well, I remember back, that. It was yes. in the old studio, and I'd had bad stomach problems the night before and was completely dehydrated. And Casey, like you, I got to Langanaw as well, and they, they put the saline bag and the, the IV right into my arm and yeah. eventually felt better, actually pretty quickly with the IV bag. But, like, that's, for me, it was dehydration that made me pass out. Yeah, but some people absolutely, and I was not familiar, hate the taste of water in any form. Mind. Whether it's uh, whether it's bottled or tap or whatever, well, I can see even hating the taste, but still drink it. Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, I do it because I know it's it's good for me. But to hate it and to avoid drinking just regular water yeah. at all costs. So we have Propel in my house all the time now because that's like you know my mom lives with us and. She always had Propel, and so now... What like, is Propel exactly? It's just flavored water. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I guess maybe it's got some electrolytes in it or whatever, but I almost... 
I don't, you don't, can't really call it water because it has flavor. Don't yeah. call it water, woman. Man, there's this there's this zero calorie stuff that I love. It's Sobe water. Yeah. Yes. And it's disappearing. Like the place where I would get it, it's not there anymore. Try Propel. You, you might, you might so like Preston, it. Yeah, that this I've tried water... those other ones, and I, I really love this, and now I can't find them. It has zero <laughs> calories. I used to drink it all the time. Zero calories, and, and um, you're like... How the hell yep. does this have zero oh, calories? Kathy's mom would say it's going to give you cancer right <laughs> yes. away. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think she's typing right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually why I stopped drinking it is because I heard that that was a possibility. But we give you we're cancer? not saying it. That there's, there's whatever is being yeah. used, I don't know. And apparently it's endorsed by the devil. No, it's a, it's a fine product. <laughs> yeah. But I just chose not to. When we do Jack Frost, uh, the, the day off their uh, cardboard classic, I don't like using their tap water. I even like to brush my teeth. I won't. I'll, I'll use bottled water. Yeah, I don't it tastes know. a little funky. Uh, well, A, funky, and then I, 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 it is well water. It's got, it's got like a different color to it. Hang on, I'm going to go to a dietitian who's probably having a heart attack over all this. No doubt. People that are drinking We're instead right. of water, but I have Amy on the line. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Amy. So what words of wisdom do you have for us? So there's a couple of things, but I do work with, I work with patients who have kidney issues. And one of the big things I always hear is, I hate water. Mm. And the, the misconception that I'm hearing from a lot of callers is that iced tea, diet soda, that is hydrating. It is not hydrating. Coffee is not hydrating. Tea is not hydrating. It's actually dehydrating because it makes you, it makes you pay more. All right. So you have to replace that. You could be causing kidney stones. So there's a lot of things that people aren't considering when they're replacing water with those types of beverages. One thing you can try is putting fruit in your water, um, seltzer water. You can put a slice of lemon in there. You could put raspberries, whatever. I'm with Kathy. I don't understand how people don't like water. Yeah. All right. But, so, but you'd say, but so for people who are saying simply because there's water in soda, that yeah. it's not serving the purpose of hydrating you. In fact, it's doing the ap- absolute opposite. It's a diuretic, yeah. but how is, how is water mm, but they not would, a diuretic? They would die if that were legitimately the straight-up case, though, yeah. you know? They're getting something out of it, Amy. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit, but yep. it, it really it really is. And there there are some studies that show that iced tea alone, if you drink it enough, it can cause kidney stones. All right. So, yeah. yeah, I believe that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay, so thank you, Amy. We just got one of those. Um, I got my bought my wife a Soda Stream for her birthday. Oh, so, did you? so we started drinking the you know carbonated water and stuff we, like that. I like it. We used it all the time when we first got it, mm-hmm. and uh, don't use it really that much anymore. All right. So just so you know, uh, always carbonate the water before you put any flavoring in it. Okay. Um, and I did that, and then I, I used I, it. Yeah. I was trying to save time, so I was like, oh, let me just throw the water the uh, flavoring in now, and then carbonate it. Well. That makes everything explode. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Case, you use it a lot. Can you make gravy in those things? You cannot make gravy in those okay. things, but a crock pot is a really great carbonated uh, gravy. gravy stream. <laughs> That's a great idea. Mm. It's not a great that idea. That is great gravy. It's so bubbly. Yeah. My mouth is coming alive from all this. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know gravy why. Gravy stream. I don't know why it it explodes like that. I guess maybe the syrup or whatever you're using. Well, bring yours in. Let's check. Let's see that. I want to. You know. You want to see it? Sure. I want to okay. see it. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Well, anyhow, we we do have to wrap it up. But I I found it interesting that some people are actually 
uh, repelled by the taste of yes. water, which yeah. is surprising. I was, I, I can understand, like you said, Steve, you know, not really wanting to drink water because it's not, you know, but it, you do it. It, it doesn't give yeah. you much as far as pleasure goes or for, for most people. Kathy actually loves the taste yeah. of it. Um, but uh, I didn't know there were people that absolutely hated it. So thanks anyway. I saw that article. What's new? Glad you asked. Muse. The record company. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. I'm going to have you guys help me make a list because right. I think this will help uh, our, our fellow humans out and, and our future generations a little bit. So um, there are wonderful things that you can teach the young as as their as their minds grow and things that that are big like respect for your fellow human beings, yes, uh, being polite and courteous, courteous. you know, think, things along those lines. And those those are big lessons, you know, valuing someone else's time, blah blah blah. But there are little things. There are tiny things that I think, uh, of, of tiny bits of etiquette that if we if we if we institute these to our kids while they're young, I think all of humankind will be better for it. So, <laughs> with that stuff. said, no, no, this is, these are little things, and I'll explain. Right. These are the kind of things that oh. you might get. If I may assist here, is they used to have what they would call finishing schools, where you would learn yeah. Yeah. etiquette and, and and basic civility. So this is going to uh, enter into that realm. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, after I explain, then I'll, I'll ask you to add items to the list. So I took my family to see Ant-Man, the Ant-Man and Wasp. Okay. Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, my daughter loves Ant-Man. Favorite superhero. So I was really excited. Is to it be funny? About, you're going yeah. to go see a movie about Ant-Man and you're crawling with lice. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's me... My wife, my daughter Caroline, and my son Parker. My other son is away right now. So there's there's four of us all together. And uh, I wanted to get a screening time that would make sense for us in the course of the day. And the one that made the most sense is the IMAX 3D at the UA King of Prussia. Now, do you know how much money it costs to take your entire family to the <sighs> IMAX 3D show? Without concessions. Without concessions. Is it 16 bucks a ticket? No, it's more than that. I ordered this uh, through Fandango. Okay. Because they also have a, a, it's like a convenience fee that you pay or whatever. All said, it was, I want to say it's like $85. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like 20 bucks a piece. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I pay for all this. So it's like okay. 80 some odd dollars right, right. to go to this movie theater. I'm like... Listen, I'm telling myself, you get to see it in the best possible way. You get the Optimum. sound. You get the, yeah. the great conditions. It's wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we're going to the theater, and um, movie's about to start. I mean, it's it's already beginning, and this couple came in right right at the, as the, the previews are beginning. So they're late, and, and they come and they sit down. <laughs> she talked <laughs> during most of the movie. Okay. To who? So her the, the, her muscle headed guy that she was with okay. this this dude you know yeah, yeah big muscle dude. Not only were they talking, she kept whipping out her phone. Stop it! Did not dim the the brightness of the screen at all. At one point, she took a phone call during the movie. Oh my god! And it's not like what they were talking about were little plot points in the movie or a quick whisper of you know this and that. Full on conversation. So were they, but they weren't talking about the movie. Not that I could tell. Why are you here? Why are you here? 
Now, I'm guessing they came from dinner and they had a couple cocktails and they were a little loosened up or something like that. But why are you here and why are you talking to each other about whatever you're talking about? Because it doesn't have anything to do with the movie because it was in very important plot points that you need to know to forward the story along. It's not like they were... Just trying to, you know, say how much they know about Marvel movies and trying to impress people with the things that they say about the characters. It's because we know people like that. They don't care. I don't. They, they don't care about the movie, and, and, and they so, don't care about the people surrounding them. I, so, I, and and I'm ready to say, I spent eighty five dollars to bring my family here tonight to see this movie, and you're ruining it. My daughter, if she has anything to say to me, I've trained my kids well. It's a lean over, hand yeah. over your mouth, and whisper into your ear. That's it. And even that pisses me off because I'm trying to see the movie. And so they were talking, taking phone calls, texting. You know who said something? I didn't say anything because I'm with my family and I don't yeah, want to yeah. start a scene. You know who said something? Who? My son did. Did he, he really? He was sitting next to her. My son eventually said I didn't know. He didn't tell me to the end of the movie because yeah, yeah. finally, about halfway through the movie, they shut up. And what my son said to them, he said, can you please stop talking? He said it very politely. And the girl said, okay. And then they went on and kept talking for a while. And eventually they shut up. Oh, what a bitch. But this is, so this is what I want to add to my list of etiquette. Don't talk during a movie. Mm. It's very simple. Just add this to the list of things that you teach your children. Don't talk during a movie. And you know why it's pissing me off so much? It's because the last movie I went to go see (laughs) was Deadpool 2. And the same thing. Girl would not shut up during the movie. The entire movie. And it was driving me crazy. I love going to the movie theater. I like the whole atmosphere. So do I. I like the big room. I like the concessions. I like the, watching the trailers. I like when the lights come down. I just It's a great way to watch. But Steve, Friday night, I said to myself, I'm not going to the movies anymore. Yeah. This is this has pissed me off so much. It what a waste of money! And now I need to go back and see it again because there are a couple of plot points that I missed out on. Because not only was I listening to them, then I started getting fixated on yes. it, and you, be, you become furious. That's all you can think about. Uh, oh man! Yeah, why is it so hard? To me, it's the same thing. If you get like you're going to go see a Dave Matthews concert, as the legend goes, and I've never been. You want to see this great performer, this great musician. You want to have a good time. You get so bombed that you that you sit there vomiting in your seat. You miss the show. Yeah. What's the purpose? Yeah. What's the purpose? You're just wasting money. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the, here's another thing. I want to add to, to our list because I'm getting some calls of other things like right. that are this simple that we need to impart to, to our youth so that future generations don't have aneurysms. Um, driving home from the, uh, the airport, I, d- I dropped off my wife and daughter uh, yesterday, and sure enough, here's a simple one, and we've talked about this on many occasions. Left-hand lane, people want to pass, guy won't get out of the way. It's clearly obvious because there's five cars tailgating each other <laughs> right behind you, and if you would move over, everybody could get by. We- and that's another, and I'm going to put that on the list of left lane is for passing. Left lane is for passing, and by the way, in New Jersey, you can receive a ticket if you don't. Thank God. Follow that. Though I, I've, I've never seen it enforced. Right. But the truth of the matter is, yes, that is a common courtesy. Someone wants to get around you, move over to the slow lane and let them pass. So I, I'd like to continue a list. And you can you can <laughs> feel free to text these in as well. Uh, here's uh, Wesley, who has one. Hi, Wesley. Good morning. Good morning, Preston. How are you? Good. What's up, Wesley? Uh, yeah, my wife and I were at the Foo Fighters concert. Uh-huh. We're out on the lawn. We're having a blast. Happy 50th anniversary, by the way. 
Oh, thank, thank you. you, man. President, I've been and, married for 50 years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and um, as soon as it starts to get dark, there's four couples in front of us. And now these aren't young people. These couples are in their late 40s, early 50s. That I felt like I was in a photographer's studio. They took so many selfies. It was like they were trying to establish an alibi. Uh, I mean, I, I, <laughs> let me ask you something, Wesley. Let me ask this to the general public. All right. How many of those pictures do you ever go back and look at? How um, many? How many? How many? No, I delete them. How, how many pictures? Because the same thing. We I forget. We were at the uh, the Hoagie Nation concert, and there were people. There were not only Hall and Oates on stage performing, and there's fireworks going on. Everyone was with their backs to all the action. It's like mm-hmm. you are miss. You are missing this to see it on a small screen mm-hmm. to get that picture. You're never going to look at. Right. You're lo- <laughs> you're losing moments of your life. Yeah, concert etiquette has really gotten worse, and especially with phones, people iPads, Nick. The people phones and the iPads. I- yeah. yeah, and and so and but talking, you know, at concerts is bad as well. And and, and like Preston, like the people talking at a normal volume, just like they were talking uh, next to you at the, the movie the other night. If I'm at a show, yeah, I I want to hear what Dave Grohl has to say up on stage. I don't really care about the babysitter that you're right. talking about, you know. Right. And, and like to me. Shut up and enjoy the concert. It's yeah. it's it's suspending the relate as it in the movies. It suspends reality. You're lost. You're yes. not transported in a concert. You are having a communal experience, yes, but you're also having an interaction with the performer, and you start to violate that when you start <laughs> distracting people from that. It's a given. It's a show. It's you're in the moment, and it screws it up. All right. <laughs> so a couple of cell phone etiquette things. Uh, one is, I don't care how old your child is, uh, but your child shouldn't be playing with your uh, iPad or cell phone at mass. I'm sorry. It just, uh, it shouldn't exist. Um, you figure out a different way to to soothe them or, or whatever, but um, uh, so A, that, and Hit then B, them. if you're going if you're going out to dinner, leave your cell phone, you know, there's, there's one thing that you could do. If you go out to dinner with a bunch of adults, everybody puts their cell phone in the middle of the table, first one to grab the cell phone pays for the bill. That's, that's a good... Uh, Way to keep people from getting on their phones. All right, so um, you say no phone at dinner. I like no, that. No phone at dinner. I like that. Whether um, you're going out to dinner what or... What about a next? landline? Um. <laughs> what if you plug in? Do you remember in, a, yeah. in a, uh, some movies, they, they would walk over with the phone, sir, <laughs> you have a call. Yeah. Well, let there's me ask a great, you. Going, there's a great... And the, the Woody Allen's uh, uh, Play It Again, Sam, uh, his friend is always... Uh, uh, yes, hi. I'm I'm now currently at AN six. You know, so yeah. he was constantly under uh, under that uh, contact level. When you guys were younger, and you would sit around the table at dinner time as a family, yes. and the phone rang. Yes, did anybody answer it? We all jumped on it because we <laughs> could be winning twenty dollars with a Dave and Carrie show. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I've seen a couple of texts come in. Here you go. Here's here's some good ones we can get on board with. Uh, put the shopping cart back oh, in, yeah. the, in the cart. Yeah. Receptible. All right, so However, ra- raise of hands here in this studio. Who puts the shopping cart back in its receptacle? Always. Every yeah. time. Yes, oh, every man. one of us. I, if there's one on the way back that somebody left abandoned, I'll grab, grab that too. I'll tell you what my pet peeve is, though, is the stores that don't offer the little area to put them back. Yeah. There's a few stores, and then that's when you see them all over You know, the, the curb, in the parking spots. They have to provide that. Or if it's close enough to the store, you just take it back to the store. But my thought is, is if you know that they should provide that in the parking lot so people can put them back. Yeah, I listen, yeah, you could you should have some kind of convenience Something. that way. But still, you can walk the 50 yards uh, that, that you came and back. It it's also gives you kind you. of a fun game. 
if you try to you slide yours in with enough velocity to engage the other cart and lock up. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to do that too. I do yeah. it all the time. Just docking. Just, docking. Yeah. It's the shopping equivalent of docking. Uh, somebody texted in and said, uh, turn your lights on when it rains in the car. Yes. Now, uh, most, your headlights. most cars are automatically yeah. on, uh, but also if you do have manual high beams, shut them off. Mm-hmm. When you are facing traffic or you're behind a car, yep. shut off your high beams. Mm-hmm. All right. I have two boardwalk etiquettes. Uh, one, um, no prostitution. <laughs> a, a, a boardwalk is like... Yeah, except in Atlantic City. Except in Atlantic City. A boardwalk is like driving in the United States. If you're walking in one direction, you stay on the right side of the boardwalk. If you're walking in the other direction, you're on the left side. Okay? I, I agree with that. People do not know a simple pedestrian flow of traffic. Okay. You, you, you're you on... There's the right side and the left side, depending so, on which direction you're going in. So Second, walk on the right. The same thing can yes. be about places with staircases, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like my, my <laughs> Going up, you stay to the right, correct? At the Yeah. At, yep. at their high school, it's three levels, yeah. and kids will come barreling down the wrong side. You mm-hmm. need to walk on the right. You secondly, little bastards. Secondly, uh, if... If you need to stop on the boardwalk for whatever reason, you're waiting for somebody to get a piece of pizza or you're waiting for somebody to go to the bathroom, don't wait in the middle of the boardwalk. Go to the end where the railing is. You move off to the side so Mm -hmm. that you're not an obstruction in the flow of pedestrian traffic. And that that goes for anywhere. Where where it really drives me crazy is in the mall Mm -hmm. as people will just dead stop. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because I was in the air, uh, several airports this right, weekend. I, was, right. I, I flew back and forth from uh, Lake Tahoe. If you are walking in the airport. Yes. Uh, and you have to stop, which I get it. Like you're yeah. looking at something or whatever. That's fine. Don't stop in the middle of the freaking hallway. You don't <laughs> do that. Move, move off to, the, to side. the side. How hard is it? How hard but is you, it? You would think, it, uh, for me, it would almost seem an instinctive reaction but I know at some point in time, someone taught me, perhaps, I don't know, a parent taught me. Yeah. You move off to the side. Here's another simple one. On an elevator, out before in every single time. Now, listen, I understand sometimes you, the door opens and you're, oh, I'm just going to walk in. If somebody is in the elevator and about to get out and you're about to walk in, you say, oh, I'm sorry. And yes. then you step back and you let them out. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I agree. Uh, a couple of texts coming in, uh, taking up two parking spaces. Oh, that, that's, that's, so that. that's that's just that's rude. You should get your license revoked. Whenever I see that, I just think that has to be a mistake. You you can't no. have known no, no, no. that you did that they, they and got be okay that, with it. They got that hot ass Prius. <laughs> they can't let it get dinged. So I they're see gonna trucks do it too. Uh, oh, oh, there was so a time annoying. when unevolved Steve. Would decide such cars had <laughs> too many side view mirrors, <laughs> and, and I had punched so, off a few. So that's blatant. But here's another one. That, okay, that, that, if, right, if that's, you, that's even more overt. You're you're talking for subtlety. How, how about at this? If you if you pull in and you realize you parked incorrectly and you've gotten out of the car, get back in, straighten it out. Thank you. Thank you. I just did it it in an empty parking lot this morning. (laughs) I I pulled around and I pulled and I realized I was a little off. I got back in the car in an empty parking lot and reset it. That's what you should do. Chuck D'Amico just came in here. Good morning, guys. Good morning, sir. Kathy, uh, this entire break belongs in the quarterly report because (laughs) this is a phenomenal public service you guys are doing here. And I love the way Steve is yelling because it's the way I feel about mine. (laughs) Exactly. Please let people off. Of the goddamn elevator yeah. Yeah. before you walk on. They've just completed their harrowing journey down three floors. Yeah. Let them yeah. get off. Then you get on. I, like I always say, you know, you know, 
it's where, where are you going, hotshot? Yeah. That, you ha- that, that you, yeah. What's what's happening in your life, world traveling neurosurgeon? Mm-hmm. That you got to get up to the fourth floor quickly. Well, Relax a little bit. I think what we should all agree to do is just run off the elevator as fast as you can when the doors <laughs> open. So like, oh, I'm sorry, I broke your nose. Get, get, yeah. get the hell out of the way. By, you know by what you the way, do? get it. Get in a three point stance, yeah. like right before the doors open. <laughs> yeah. Just be, yeah, be smashed through. <laughs> All right, hang on. I have a few people text-wise and calling in to mention this very thing, so I'm going to go to Brian. And by the way, these are just tips to teach our youth so that that future generations will have an easier time. Hi, Brian. You're on the air. Good morning. Kadzooks, guys. Kadzooks, buddy. What's up? Uh, I hate being in the grocery store. You're waiting in line to pay for all your groceries, and there's only two registers open. All of a sudden, they open up a third register, and they say, next customer, please. And the guy three three people behind you yeah. runs over there and gets in that line. No, no, no we've talked okay. about this. This is one of my major pet peeves that you're bringing up, Brian. I did it yesterday in the Wawa. They had the line was long, and they opened up the next register. So I'm at the end of that line, <laughs> and I basically st- I stopped everyone from moving over until the, s- <laughs> the first other person. people yeah. in line. Would you like to go? Would you like to? And then if they wave you off. Then you can go, but you have to. It's the same thing if you're driving along and somebody for some reason stops or their car stalls or whatever. I believe that it's the car behind that car that has the first right to move over into the lane to get around. I don't believe that my ass nine cars back suddenly Mario Andretti's it up past those guys (laughs) because that's going to cause an accident. Yep. First come, first serve. Exactly. Thanks, Brian. Standard protocol. Um, there was another one. Uh, don't walk in front of someone if they are taking a picture. You know, if, if there's a group of people and we're doing Excuse a group. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, or this, Preston. You're standing in a store and someone's looking at things on a shelf. Yes, thank yeah. you. Excuse me. Yes. I'm walking through. That's yeah. what you do. Or you try to walk. I'll, I'll cl- climb up the goddamn shelf to get past them without them walking between their line of sight. I just say... It's just rude. Excuse me, that's mine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. These are just little... I already spit on this one. <laughs> little tips that'll make things better. Bill Weston, you came walking in. You look oh, like wow. you might have might have had one as well. So, oh, we need music. Yeah, yes, sorry we about do. That. Yeah, right. Hey, Bill. Man About Town is in our studio. Yes. Welcome back. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. I feel like we're getting our frustrations out from our vacation week. Let's right, yes. No, my biggest pet peeve, I'm driving down a residential street with two lanes, right? Yes. There's a stoplight coming up, right? And you're behind another car. Yes. They're slowing down. They turn their left-hand turn signal on six feet before they make the turn. There you go. There you go. You You have now stranded the person behind you who thought you were going to travel straight through the intersection, and you've locked them in place. That last second blink, and I understand sometimes you might have forgotten to put it on, but clearly, come on. Or the person who puts the signal on halfway through the turn. It's over already, Johnny. It's already over. (laughs) It's like, come on. Like 300 feet before the turn, make a turn signal. Let me know so I can get in the other lane. If you were taking your driver's test and they signaled that late, they would fail. You're supposed to alert the people. First off, using your turn signal in general has gone the way of the dodo. Mm -hmm. But in that case especially, you need to use it. All right. So I I agree. I agree with that one, Bill. Yeah, because your your signal is indicating what other people can and can't do. So it's it's, we're all helping each other out. We all got places to go. (laughs) Well, okay. So in that point, quickly, Preston, 
when you're at the front of an intersection and the turn signal goes on, move! Yeah, yeah. Move! I'm trying to allow as many people behind me to get through as possible. I know we've we've now we've gone to a lot of uh, traffic, <laughs> traffic stuff. Yeah. But we've all got places to go. We've all got places to go. I, I this one this one baffles me. People walking in the middle of the street when there's a sidewalk there. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, right. They're they're taking their 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 walk to get some exercise sure. or whatever it may be. They're walking in the road. Get your ass up on the sidewalk. Oh, see, I don't mind that. There's a sidewalk. Get your ass on the if sidewalk. They, if, there's I, I not, if there's not a sidewalk, understood. But get there's a your ass on the side. No, There's I, a sidewalk. I do it. I run in the Why? street. I don't run in the middle of the street. I run along the curb, but I don't run on the sidewalk. Is that so you don't have to go up and down and maybe oh, trip and over? Also, a... so, I, so I don't trip. Yeah. yeah. That listen, if there's more than enough room to accommodate you in passing traffic, that's fine. I think in many cases, people stop the flow of traffic, and it drives me out of my god. What's really mind. frustrating is down the shore when I uh, ride my bike on Sea View. It's it's there's a bike lane, right? So yeah. it, on bikes, you're supposed to go with traffic, but when you run, you tend to run against traffic, so you can see the cars coming. I guess so. In, in the bike lane, people are running. At me, and, oh, right, right, right. And I'm like, oh man. And, but yesterday, no, no. Sad Saturday, I was riding my bike in the bike lane. Steve, yes. There is a there's a picture of a guy on a bike. Yep. In this lane, and then an arrow that points this way. <laughs> there was a guy going against me, and, and I'm like, dude, you on the you're, other side of the you're road. You're totally wrong now. And then he should have apologized. Did he apologize? No. All right. No. And then also, I had to pass him on the left because he was on the right side of the lane. I'm like, dude. Maybe he was from England. I don't know. Maybe that all made sense to him. I don't know. Uh, let me go to Scott. These are little tips to make life a little bit easier. Hi, Scott. Good morning. Hey, guys. Gadzooks. 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 What's up, buddy? Hey, so one of my pet peeves is when I go uh, to someplace where there's like four registers open, uh -huh. okay? And I view it as you should stand behind. You should choose a register line to go in. But then there's that one guy. That'll stand ten feet back from all four registers. Yeah, yeah. And he will and he will be form a line, you know, basically yeah. form a line behind me and I will then go to the next so then yeah. the line gets even deeper and I'm one of those people I'll walk I'll walk up now, I won't be totally rude, but if there's like two people, I'll go and be like, Um, I'm gonna pick a line. I will pick a line and my wife's like, What are you doing? I'll be like, There's four registers. I'm going to choose one. And I'm going to start a line. Unless you're all right. Unless the store has set up an area for that. And some stores will do that. Yeah. Where they'll have a line that's corralled. And at the point where you depart that line, you have a, your choice of registers to pick from. Kathy, but sometimes. Home, home Goods, do, home goods home does goods? that. And so does Dick's. Uh, some Dick's Sporting Goods will do that. But it's set up that way. Yeah, that's like, right. Steve's that's yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. What he's talking about is the free agent. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to commit to a. I'm a, I'm a loose cannon. Yeah. Any line could yeah. be my line. And then now. And and then they feel the onus is now everyone who's coming up behind them to stand behind them and wait for them to make their choice. I see that at Panera a lot. It happens like that sometimes. Free for all. Yeah. Free for all. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of hover back. It depends on which one you. Don't you? Do. Don't Thanks, you ask? Man. Don't you always ask? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Are you in line? Yeah. Oh yeah. Before I'm, go I'm going to ask if someone's in the general area. Are you in line? Yeah. I would. I don't okay. want to cut you. Which one are you in line? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Marissa. Uh, anytime you're going into a store, just half a head turn to see if you should hold the door for someone behind you. Well, sure. Okay. Always. Yeah. 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 Never. It's it's just that easy. Just a little tilt back. Don't drop the door on somebody. Yeah. yeah. Some people like are, are back like Big Joe. Was that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I do that when we're walking out of the building here, <laughs> and I and I open the door. I Pure always. Way. 
just turn around. Do I need to hold the door for anybody? And if somebody's within, I don't know, 10 yards, yes, yeah. yeah, so I'll stand there and hold yeah, the door Yeah, if they're, you. like, between, like, Manja and even, like, coming out of the elevator, you're like... Ugh. Coming out of the elevator. If, somebody... if you want to F with someone, you can do the, where they're, like, halfway across the parking lot, and you open up the door and hold it and nod at them. Uh-huh. Well, then, then there's the... to start skipping. <laughs> yeah, then there's the waiting. Yeah, they're doing it too early yeah. because yeah, then you, yeah, then you like, cause no, them I to jog. Yeah, yeah. Somebody had uh, suggested an idea of it, Wawa, to paint a line that is, if you're short, is it you? It was it, wait, was it or was it Pat line. House? If you're short, well, Pat, Pat House is a great bit about Wawa's door-to-door convenience and, and the holding in the in the vestibule, holding the the, uh, the doors open. But uh, but there should be a line, and if you haven't reached that line yet, then I don't have to hold the door for you. Yes. Or if you have reached that line, then clearly I should hold well, the door and you, open. By the way, if the door is held open for you, thank you. you. Damn well better say thank you. Yeah, and you know what? Hey, Wawa, if you're listening right now, and I know you are, Maybe put a poll out there and uh, the strippers. <laughs> no, no, no. A, a Twitter poll. Oh, a Twitter poll oh. to say how far the line should be and ha- and have the uh, people li- you know vote on it. Right. And then it's it's agreed upon. Okay, fifteen yards. How about this one with with the saying thank you, Steve? So, and I know, trust me, I know what you're going to do. But um, the, if there's a vestibule like we have here in the building, yeah. or like in Wawa, where there's two sets of doors sure, you have to go sure. through, somebody holds the first door open. Hey, thank you. And then they hold the second one. You're being kind of repetitive by saying thank you one more time. Sometimes I'll do it. Sometimes I won't. Or I'll just give them a nod or something yes. along those lines. But you know what I mean? Or, I or, or what you, you do twice. is you go through and then you open the door for them on the second door. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes, a good move. Absolutely, you're yeah. right. But there's there's just things that we can do that are that I feel are common courtesy that just makes everybody a little happier. You know, if you start the week this way and you start giving a little bit extra attention to the way you interact with other people, it could make it a fine week for everyone. It could. Here comes the MM Army. Wednesday from 5 to 8, join Marissa Magnata and Nick McElwain from MMR's Preston and Steve Show and newlyweds from Camp Out for Hunger as Duncan hosts its first annual Duncan Love Event at the Blue Cross River Rink. Help spread the love with Duncan. Join the aforementioned Marissa Magnata and Captain Morgan Original Spiced Rum Thursday from 7 to 9 at PJ Willihan's in Maple Shade for the official Countdown to Cardboard Party. Register to win the Preston and Steve Cardboard Classic and PJ Willihan's VIP experience, including two rooms, four lift tickets, four passes for the VIP viewing area, and a spot on PJ Sled for their run down the tubing hill. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. We've had the uh, Philadelphia Film Festival taking place. Yes. And we are happy to have him back in our studio yet again and he's brought you so many great uh, films in one way shape or the other uh, over the years up in the air thank you for smoking juno whiplash just to name a few and now here to talk about the front runner we have mr jason reitman yeah. good to see you again man it's good to see you i just really feel bad for your audience that you know they were listening to all these great stories about sex injuries <laughs> and then you're like let's talk about art film guys <laughs> Well, you know, this way we can say, hey, look, we're well-rounded, and this gives a credibility. Even if we're not well-rounded, we get the illusion of being well-rounded. I almost buy it. <laughs> congratulations on, on this. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, buzz over the movie, which is called Front Runner. It's the story of Gary Hart's run towards the presidency and, and the beginning of, of, a, of a, I think, and, and as you rightly point out, and I've, I've read interviews with you about the film, it was sort of a flashpoint for when news became tabloid. And 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 things that used to sort of like you know like in the Kennedy years, the press sort of said you know you got your personal thing we got it we'll cover it to some extent and then you know or, or even before there were some things that just were not 
let's focus on the politics, and this is what we're here to talk about. But then it became something wholly other. And I remember, I remember as you know, the Gary Hart story was unfolding, and and it it, be, it just now, of course, we have a multitude of news sources, but the the country was focused. And so, like in in one week, a guy who looked like he was it, he was going to be the next president. It just qu- came crashing down. Yeah, I mean, he was the actual front runner for the yeah. presidency. He was, you know, ten points ahead of George Bush and twenty five points ahead of any Democrat. And he was Kennedy esque. Yeah, the, yeah, handsome, charming, smart, big ideas. I mean, here is a guy who, in the mid eighties, was saying this country's addicted to oil, and yeah. that addiction is going to take us into the Middle East, where we're going to encounter Islamic terrorism, and we won't know how to fight it because we have a military that only knows how to bomb. I mean, like, like ideas that seem obvious now, but were incredibly prescient in the eighties, and he met a woman on a boat named Donna Rice and he right. invited, her, invited her to his townhouse in D.C. And he was married at the time. Decide, yes. Yeah. Uh, continues to be married. He's been yeah. married for 60 years. Right. And three journalists from the Miami Herald followed him to his townhouse. And it resulted in this moment that's just incredibly cinematic. He, in the middle of the night, and three journalists are in the back alleyway uh, of his townhouse, and nobody knows what to do because no one's ever been in this position before. And less than a week later, he left politics forever. So, and, and the basic gist of what's going down is, and you, it's, all, it's sort of depicted, and it's even in the in, in the trailer, where, where, really, this is a thing to you guys? Right. Yeah, where, where, yeah. Where, where Hart can't, can't, no, this doesn't, this doesn't pertain to, to politics. But now more than ever... It's it's uh, it's the case. It, in fact, it's everything. It, it's it's you know, and and so much of it is is in the news. And it, it it's it asks the question, I guess. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's what the idea of the film is. What do we expect of our leaders? What what do we need to know? Right. And what flaws are we willing to what put flaws up with are we willing to our, put up with leaders? And that's the question that we're kind of all at. Look, I'm like anybody else. I look around today in 2018, and I just go, How the hell did we get here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I Heard this story because I, I was ten years old when this happened. Yeah. I, I I was much more curious about where the Back to the Future trilogy <laughs> was going than American yeah. politics. But when I heard a piece, that uh, was important, Jason. They, Listen, yeah. over there. And by the way, and, yeah, it, it it wasn't going up. Uh, but uh, they were about to get on a train and But uh, <laughs> a train that could fly. Yeah. You know, that's not what every kid dreams of. Yeah. <laughs> flying train, flying mass transit. Yeah, <laughs> they gave us the flying DeLorean. I was like, all right, all right, I'm in. And then, uh, steam locomotive, great. A flying city bus. <laughs> I still, every now and again, will think about Back to the Future. Just in my daily, I'm like, oh man, there's no way that could have happened. Uh, the, you know, and don't we, go, no. And no, we talked not. about this on I the air. I do not want to go down this hole. It has just it occupied way too much space in my brain. Uh, so I'm with you on that. Get back to the right. Gary Hart thing. Because <laughs> he has def- definitive opinions. Uh, and he may, he may very well about Gary Hart as and well. And I still love the franchise. Yeah. I really do. But I, I have questions. We can, we can deep dive another time <laughs> okay. on, on yes. Back to the Future. Yes. I have opinions as well. All right. Uh, but... Uh, when I heard the story, I just thought, oh, here is the thread that leads us to 2018. When we try to imagine, all right, when does this moment start? When does tabloid journalism drive into the lane of political journalism? Uh, here you have the story that is this kind of great pH test uh, that reflects both sides of the audience. But it's yeah. but and I, I was reading and I, I think this is a, a great choice. And correct me if I'm wrong. You 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 sort of the, the creative team, you and the, and the writers uh, and, and, and you as well as writer uh, use the candidate. As sort of a model, the movie, the, the Robert Redford movie, as as a, as a basis for the way you proceeded on Man, this. You guys really don't want listeners. You you stop the conversation about Back to the Future yeah. to have a conversation about Michael Ritchie's The Candidate, like a 1970s movie. That's a great it. movie. By it the way, it's a brilliant. It's a masterpiece. Movie. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies. Look, I have it, take, a- it takes it takes it takes. Listen, 
politics always circus, surfaces in movies if it's done right because it's it's compelling. It can be very compelling, and and the candidate is a perfect example. I I have a tattoo from <laughs> you have a another tattoo. <laughs> from another movie of the same director. Mike, uh, so I, oh, what what is it? It's from Downhill Racers. The oh, poster from Downhill Racers. So I awesome. am a yeah. I'm wow. really nerdy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's very cool. So, but is that in fact the case? <laughs> it's not cool, but I appreciate that. Uh, uh, but, but anyhow, look, yeah. uh, I, it became this way to kind of understand today, and yeah. it's this thriller of a movie that touches on gender politics, that touches on the relationship between journalists and candidates, and uh, that line between where our public life becomes our private life. Right. What do we remember incorrectly about this story, Jason? Because when people think back on Gary Hart, uh, I think they have one perception, but the actual reality is different. And I don't want to obviously make this a spoiler alert, but... Is, yeah, give a, away the ending. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> this is a historical movie, so we yeah. know what happened in theory, but but we often get the facts wrong. Spoiler alert, he does not become president. <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I didn't want to go out on a limb there. I, but I, I going, don't remember four years or eight years. Spoiler alert, over 30 years, life becomes horrible. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like when you watch The Crown. You're like, oh, is she still queen? What's going to happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you could look up the storyline in The Crown if you really wanted to. But, but Does what, she marry Churchill? I mean, here's, so here's the thing. So when I would tell people who would ask me, like, hey, what are you doing next? And... Uh, you know, hoping I was t- I was going to say, you know, a Star Wars movie, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and I would say oh, I'm doing the Gary Hart story, and their response would always be the same. <laughs> First, they would go, "Monkey business, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 which yeah. is the name of the the boat." Um, and they would say, "Follow me around." There's this important idea that he had somehow challenged the press to follow him around, uh, which was actually not the case. He had given a quote, but it came out the same day as the Miami uh, Herald piece. Uh, so he, that did not actually happen. And then there's this famous photograph of him with Donna Rice, and the belief was that that actually took down his candidacy when the photo actually came out well after the fact. And it was sort it was sort of an orchestrated photo, was it not? I mean, that, that's what we always that's what I've heard after the fact. Now, listen, he was having an extramarital affair. That's his deal. That's his business. Got it. But the the Donna Rice on his lap, which became the 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 photo that was supposedly took it down. Uh, there, there's there are people who have claimed that that was they were you know it was sort of manipulated. I I don't know what the story is, but but for for the whole thing, you know the the old saying is that you know flawed people can do great things. And so to to your earlier point, what are we willing to accept? And and as it's depicted in the movie, you get the sense at least in, in, from the trailer, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing it. It, it, and once you go down that rabbit hole, you keep going and going and going and going lower and lower, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you were about to have heart surgery, would you care about your heart surgeon's marriage? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but when it comes to a candidate, it's a different thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's a question that we're talking about a lot these days. And so if you – and look, some of these clears are uh, – some of these uh, – uh, with some of these candidates today, it's really clear what they've done is really indecent stuff. Yeah. But with Gary Hart, it was this kind of it was right on the line. It's guy, you know, it's a very private guy uh, who had a moment with a very private woman, uh, a woman who to this day she was offered something like a million dollars for a story and turned it down. Uh, so we don't know what happened between these two people. So it really becomes the question for us is. What is important to us? And you had a guy who actually had great ideas who turned out to be right about a lot of things. And now, given 30 years to look back at this kind of thriller of a moment, less than a week, and he goes from the front runner to leaving politics forever. Uh, did we make the decision? All of us, the people on his campaign team, the journalists, the people in his family, Donna Rice, you know, uh, how do we look back on this? Well, moment? people get killed. You know, you, you it can be a nanosecond on, on camera. I mean, you know. 
uh, Howard uh, Dean's famous yell, mm-hmm. which which was a, which was a turning. <laughs> right. These little little things, yeah, mm-hmm. that that can that can turn these entire. Uh, uh, wherever you stand on on Dean or a lot of these people, I think from I can step back and look at a candidate I might not agree with. But will be unfairly, you know, excoriated for a reason that's just not fair. That's not germane to the reason that they're at the dance, so to speak. Well, and, and that's just unfair, you know. Well, we're like a, we're a storytelling species. Yeah, right? yeah, we remember things as stories. We remember things as jokes. And and that's certainly the case of Howard Dean. Interestingly, I wrote the movie with two people. One of them was actually Howard Dean's uh, press secretary, Hillary Clinton's press secretary. There you go. The other guy uh, was a New York Times Magazine uh, writer who covered five presidents. So that's kind of the nature of the movie. It was written by people who have lived this thing. So, and, and, oh. did, and the pacing, I, I was reading that the, the pacing and the, um, the, the, if you've ever watched any political documentaries or even, even uh, the, 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 the Candidate, which is uh, not a documentary, but there's a world that they operate in where there's, a, there's always this maelstrom of stuff going on. And you sought to recreate that with loads of activity and sub-conversations and things going on in the background. What else did you study or what did – I mean, you obviously had somebody who was well within the, the realm of that world to advise you. But was there any other influences that you took as well? I mean, so there's a lot of great political movies. I mean, All the President's Men, you got right. to watch that. Uh, that. The War Room, the great documentary about yes. the Clinton presidency. Uh, uh we watched that. We wanted a movie that just felt like there was three conversations happening at the same time, three things visually happening at the same time, where the audience is constantly looking at the screen, trying to decide for themselves what is important. Because philosophically, that's kind of the question. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's important versus what's just entertaining? And that's what we're also doing cinematically, is just you're getting so much information at the same time. Let's talk about the cast for a second. I see a few names of people that you've worked with before in different projects, J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. And, he's uh, in town. Uh, is he really? Yeah, I just saw him last night. Oh, he's oh, great. Oh, man, I he, love him. He's phenomenal. Oh, he's the best. He's Can you playing... call him and tell him to come here right now? <laughs> One second. No, so I, I visited on set, and he's wearing, like, a police uniform because I guess he's playing uh, a captain uh, in this movie that he's shooting here in Philadelphia. And okay. I asked him, I said... Have you played every every rank <laughs> in, in the police yeah, yeah. at this point? Have to be, right? Patriots Day and he is starts, a sergeant he in starts that, going yeah. by. He's like, well, let's see. I've been the chief of police, and I've been the <laughs> captain, and the uh, uh, sergeant. He's a commissioner uh, at one point. Commissioner yeah. Gordon. And yeah. the only thing he hasn't played is, like, a guy on the beat. Right. He, he, he's the, a, little, a little too old at this point. Well, he was playing. He was on Broadway at that point. Okay, so. yeah. Do you know okay. there was a moment where J.K. Simmons was simultaneously playing the head of the Aryan Nation on Oz, but also in Guys and Dolls on Broadway? <laughs> no. So during the day, he'd go to set, they'd paint on a swastika, he'd oh bend God. over some poor guy in the uh, in prison, and then at night, he'd go up and sing Luck Be a Lady Tonight. Did you oh, know that sweet. in the book, the actual original book for Guys and Dolls, he was supposed to be head of the Aryan Nation. So, oh, wow. It's, it was, it's just a... That makes sense. It makes, no. uh, I also see uh, Vera Farminga as well. Is that... Yeah. I, I always see... Farminga? Farminga. There's no end. There's no end. People Farmiga. had an end, and I don't know why. It, huh. it makes it sound like pasta right. or something. Uh, but uh, Vera Farmiga, yeah. In pesto yeah. sauce is great. Right. She was in Up in the Air. Uh, she's phenomenal well, as well. Well, it's interesting, right? Because she plays, now between Up in the Air and this film, she's kind of played both sides of an affair. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Hugh Jackman, have you worked with him before? First time. 
Is he not the greatest person in the world? The greatest person I mean, on earth. He's just that we've we've had him on the show. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Insanely talented gentleman. Here, I'll bring up this story because okay. you know, obviously, lottery stories are in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, he decided at one point that he wanted to know the cast and crew better. He felt like there's all kinds of people on the crew right. that he just doesn't get a chance to talk to. Doesn't get a chance to shake their hand. And he tried to come up with a way. It's like how can I find a way to actually like meet every person on the crew every week. And so every Friday, he started just driving to, like, a grocery store or a liquor store on the way to set. He'd buy 200 scratcher tickets. (laughs) And then over the course of the day, he would just (laughs) one by one hand them out to every crew member and say, hey, good luck this week. Good luck this week. You know, good to see you. That dude. Stop it. Stop it already. And love him. He's the best. And when they would go, what is this? He'd be like, oh, it's it's, it's an Australian tradition, (laughs) which is (laughs) not true. Uh, Uh, he, he, though, though, I mean, you know, the guy has, inc- like Logan, this is a, an incredible performance. He's, he's, you know, jacked beyond belief. But a lot of times people have that, that eclipses the fact that he's a really excellent actor. Yeah. And he works harder also than any actor. Does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a moment, there's a real moment where Gary Hart was on the campaign trail and he went to an axe throwing contest, which is a thing. Yeah. Yes. He's now like... Yeah. Oh, now, now it's a real, oh, it's trendy, a real trendy thing. thing. Yeah. There's places where you over, can like yeah. get drunk and throw axes. Oh, yeah. like it's Color me mine or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And right here, yeah. He so so Gary Hart went on the campaign trail, threw an axe, and hit a bullseye. So and at first, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, is this going to be CG or we're going to have to like put it on a wire? And of course, at this point, Hugh Jackman was already in axe throwing training, right? <laughs> and we all had bets. It's like, all right, yeah. so when when's he going to hit the bullseye? And of course. Take one hits the bullseye, but then we had to do eight more takes just because the actors couldn't get their their crap done. Right? Mm-hmm. How many? How many, How many times did, did he hit? Did he hit oh, it no, no, time? he hit it on the bullseye in the first one. Oh. Oh. and then we had to go eight more takes just for the actors so they can get <laughs> oh. their performances right. <laughs> can I ask you? Um, because uh, you've been in this industry for a little while, and um, for us as spectators, the Oscars is like the the big thing, and obviously the Golden Globes and all that, but yeah. um. Uh, I don't know how much weight that carries with you. Um, it's all I think about every day and every <laughs> but, day. I will win. <laughs> but I'm asking about Hugh Jackman because I just wanted him to be nominated for Logan. Mm-hmm. Just a nomination. I could not agree with you more. That Logan performance is unbelievable. Like, right? Can you think of another actor who's taken a character over nine movies and taken them through an arc like that? Where it, the ending is so emotional, where you're not at the ninth movie going, please stop playing this role. Yeah. Like, these are yeah. nine movies, you're like, I just, I just don't want to see you put on that costume. And it kept getting again. better and better. His yeah. and, and, and I remember when he was first announced as, as, uh, as uh, Logan, as Wolverine, you know, oh, he's not physically the type, and then he, he completely made it his own. And but by that movie is is so solid, and he's you know, and then he's a, a, a showman as well. The, well, you, you know the story about him getting the role of Wolverine, right? Uh, no. no. Oh, like he, so they had cast another guy, and he's in Australia in like Oklahoma or something, yeah. doing like the musical, and he gets the call like, "Get to Canada, you're now Wolverine." The other guy got injured, what? and he's now traveling. And he doesn't know anything about the role. And he literally started just researching the animal, the Wolverine, because he really <laughs> knew nothing about the character. And now he's like, he was kind of slight at the time, and he just started trying to get jacked. And yeah. they they saved that that amazing character reveal. The first time you meet him in the yeah. first movie, and it yeah. was in that cage fight. cage fight. And he's like shirtless, and he looks like, you know. Uh, and... Uh, they saved it for like the last day because he's just lifting the entire shoot, just trying to so get it. So it was reversed so he could get it, get into shape for those yeah. scenes. Wow. Well, it, it took whatever the hell he was doing, and, it, and he hasn't lost it, obviously. But in, in, in this movie, in The Front Runner, he's 
literally different from anything you've ever seen him before. D- D- Gary Hart himself had sort of a, uh, and they said it, w- it it could have worked against him. He he, there was sort of an impenetrability about him a little bit. Like there was, you know, there was. Uh, I remember seeing him, and he 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 seemed sincere. And I was like, I was sort of much younger, obviously, when this was happening. But there was a, a little bit of a. You weren't getting through vibe to him, and I, it's, do you see what I'm? You know what I'm saying? I, I, t- I know exactly what you mean. And look, here's a guy who, on stage, you know, talking to a crowd, incredibly charismatic, yeah, yeah. moving. People really did talk about him uh, as though he was the next Kennedy. And at the end of the day, though, he really thought my personal life is off limits. I, I really want to be just about my ideas. And one yeah. could say that that's less modern. Uh, but I say, to a certain extent, that shows you have character. I want to ask you about um, Gary Hart versus the current governor of uh, Colorado, a guy named John Hickenlooper. He's actually from here. And uh, there are rumors that he may run for president. And um, he, he's sort of a moderate Democrat that is very likable. And there's this part of me, that, and I'm a fan, I like the guy, that doesn't want him to run because the national politics is so divisive and awful and, and just chews people up and spits them out. I, I wonder if Gary Hart, looking back on it, regrets running for president. Did you get to talk to him about it at all? Because it, it in, in some ways, ruined his life. Uh, I did get to talk to him, and, you know, I met Donna Rice, and I met kind of everyone involved in the story, and they've actually all seen the film, too, which was really weird. You can't, I cannot mm. tell you how crazy it is to make a movie about someone's life. If I told you, I'm going to make a movie about your life, I'm going to pick the worst week. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I, like, show up in your hometown with the movie. like, all right, let's watch the movie. Yeah. And I like, start the movie, and I just sit outside the movie theater while you and your wife just sit inside <laughs> quietly watching your life. I mean, oh this God. is great. Uh, Good times. Scariest screening of my life. God. But, no, we did talk about uh, that a little bit. And, look, I think Gary Hart regrets all the things that he wishes he could have kind of given to this country. I mean, any, as anyone who wants to run uh, uh, for a president. Um but he wasn't willing to enter what, what politics is today. You know, he wasn't going to talk about his personal life. And unlike almost everybody today who's willing to lie about anything and say anything and flip-flop on any issue and say, oh, no, I didn't say that two weeks ago. He was a guy who said, no, this is how I'm going to do it. And, and and by the way, he isn't like also every other candidate who goes through a scandal and two years later, you know, has some show hey! on MSNBC yeah. and is like slowly earning their way back. He was a man of his word. So if we're going to talk about character, then you also, the other side of the, you know, how does the affair demonstrate his character? You have to look at, well, he is a man of his word. It, it, it's it, it's funny because it's a story that runs completely, you take the Anthony Weiner story and the great documentary about, mm-hmm, about that whole thing. That is the hardest thing I've ever watched in my life. That is worse <laughs> Just, than any horror film I've ever seen. Talking about the documentary? The documentary. Oh, I couldn't watch him eat. Uh, oh my God, I wanted to reach through the screen well, here, every single time he puts some... The scandal breaks and he's, uh, and then he's, he's running, you know, and it's, it's, it's just absolutely, he's running for mayor and it's a disaster and it's, but... Here's the end. The guy said, I'm out. He just tapped out. So in a way, I, I think maybe those days are behind us because everyone, everyone just says, I'm just going to F it. You know, it, it, the precedent has been set. I have a shot. Well, you then know? that's the question is, uh, what kind of people don't run because of this? That's, and, and that's, that's a that's great question. question. So. Who, who's a, who, who, is, who is incredibly capable, but, but to Nick's point, but afraid of having those Every single thing pulled out of your past and 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 dragged out into the sun and we've and all made mistakes. I mean, we're all flawed. Oh, that's the thing. We're all human beings. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, uh, we're we're definitely going to elect someone who's made mistakes. And the question is, what mistakes do we want them to have made? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
You know, the funniest part is watching the moral finger pointed, and you <laughs> look at the person who's pointing the finger. Oh, <laughs> my God. And you, Preston, you're so right, because the old saying is you, you, you're you pointing, and there are three fingers pointing back at you, you mm-hmm. know? So, and, yep. and every, but it's, it's, but this is interesting. As a flashpoint, and, and, and t- the way you've talked about framing this, I think it's fascinating. I'm, I'm, I definitely want to see it. It looks really compelling. It's Jason Reitman who is in our studio. Uh, the front runner is the film that he directed. Before we got on this uh, conversation, we were we were talking off air. Uh, we're headed to London. To, mm. What should we do while we're in London? You said it's a great town. Oh, London's amazing. All right, yeah. uh, you got to go to a place called Sketch. You gotta go. Sketch. Sketch is it's this crazy place. It, all right, it, all right. Just it's not forgive a bomb, me for a moment. It? Forgive okay. me for yeah. No. <laughs> It's for high tea. Just stay with me. I love high tea. Uh, But it is this, uh, it's just, the production design is insane. It's like all pink and the furniture's crazy. And the bathroom is these crazy 2001, like, Stanley Kubrick egg pods. And it's... We're looking at it. It looks cool. Look at the photos. All right. It's wild. I I highly recommend that. And are any of you guys Harry Potter fans? Oh, 100%. Yeah, Nick is a massive fan. Okay. We're all fans. They took the two stages where they shot the film at Leavesden in London, and they've turned it into this Harry Potter experience. And look, I'm a cynical guy, <laughs> right? Like, I may thank you for smoking. That's who I am. <laughs> but I filled with positive glee walking through the Harry Potter experience. Really? They have everything. They've, like, broken it down to, like, every one that was built, every set that was built, how they did the characters. You have Butterbeer. Uh, it's it's sincerely magical uh, is it is it one of those things you gotta get tickets way in advance for do you think or all right i'm gonna be a tool right now i you just pulled strings i just called someone at warner brothers but, <laughs> uh, so first become a famous filmmaker then <laughs> oh, call your connection at warner brothers what if we're close friends with jason right <laughs> uh, my rule is always first be born the son of a famous director <laughs> okay Everything will just line up perfectly. What if you're a producer on a radio show in Philadelphia and you have a guest who's been to this thing? Can you ask that person to ask somebody for something? Live on the air, of course you can ask. (laughs) Right. Oh, it looks like this uh, sketch place is a half a mile from our hotel. No kidding. Oh, yeah. excellent. Perfect. Mm. Right. We're staying at the London. There. I mean, that, that's the that's the fun of that place. And it's just, you're just in the West End, and uh, everything is cool, and the people are wild. It's just fun. President and I are going to go see the play that goes wrong. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything about that at all. No. No? Okay. Well, then, great, next question. <laughs> couple of <laughs> Last time we had you here, Jason, uh, we all sort of collectively asked you what you've seen recently that uh, you liked and you enjoyed, and, and you recommended. Wild Wild Country for us, which I guess did you watch? I did. Yes. Yeah, we all did. And wow. um, your friends How amazing the, is that documentary? It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. The Duplass Brothers. Yeah, you're, they you're, have Emmys now. They're they're amazing, and um, it's uh, about this cult that I didn't know anything about until nope. you recommended it. And I, th- it's funny because you're talking about front front runner, which is a historical story that many people do know about. I had no idea that this story had happened right here in the United States, and and you just get sucked into this story. It was fascinating. No, it's like watching a Scorsese movie or like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. You get. Completely <laughs> Completely sucked in. I listened to the soundtrack on loop. Oh, really? That, uh, I, that's, that's funny. Wild Wild Country is six yeah. hours. I watched it and then started over and watched the six hours again in the same week. The funny part no is way. like the first couple episodes, you're like, eh, it's cult has some injury. And then, and then as it then as it really starts to go south, you're like, holy crap. And how hard is it to not, like, as you're watching it, uh, read up on it as as you're watching it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, at that point, I want to go in a cocoon. I don't want to know anything I want to yeah. do. Well, because with every episode of Wild Wild Country... 
you're going, wait, come on. Like, you just can't believe that it <laughs> yeah. just keeps unfolding the way it does. It's like, they have guns now? What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that doesn't seem in line with right, their so message. What, what do you recommend now, then? All right. It's the end of the year. I'm going to go really artsy-fartsy on you. All right. Um, all right. Alfonso Cuaron, guy who directed Gravity, Y Tu Mama Tambien. Yes. Uh, he has a movie called Roma. Uh, it is black and it's in black and white. Does it matter? It's in Spanish. Um, it is extraordinary. It's the best movie of the year. Really? You have to see it in a movie theater with Atmos sound. He shot it in digital sixty five. It is unlike any movie you've ever seen. Yeah. What 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 um, what what genre? What is it? Was it? Is it a, rom- look, a delightful rom com? No, a spring it, break? Look, it's, 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 it's it's a drama about his childhood. I know that sounds boring. It is amazing. All right. I think it's uh, a story that chronicles a year in the life of a middle class family in Mexico City in the early nineteen seventies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound at all like you're reading something. No. Uh, so what else? No, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I, literally, this is going to be horrible. There's Go a ahead. Polish film called <laughs> called Cold War. It's also in black and white. It is also amazing. God, I gotta have something fun for you guys. Are these recommended <laughs> to you, or do you stumble across these? No, things? I saw these at film festivals, okay. and they yeah. are actually amazing. It's movies, like, movies like I would like to purchase a potato, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these listen. are actually the, the, this is an amazing year for international film. All right, I'll give you a crazy one. There's a movie right. called Dogman coming out of Italy. Uh, it's from the same director as a film called Gomorra, which was this insane, like, uh, like violent mob movie. That, that I remember. I did not get to see it, but right. it got great reviews. See Gomorra, and if you dig it, Dogman. I'm okay. looking at the poster. Crazy. Yeah. It is, uh, it is violent and wild and, uh, and unlike any All right. ever seen. All right. All right. And one, one, one horror movie for the, for Halloween. Oh, go see Halloween. Go see David Gordon Green directed a Halloween movie. Yeah, there You've we go. go see All it. right, excellent. Yeah, and All then right. also, last question is: I, I see that you have six projects that are that you're um, attached to right now that are in development. Which one is the one that is actually is, happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I, I I'm not sure if any of those are are, are, are real at this point, uh, but it is kind of funny because these things stay with you. If something gets announced ten years ago, it remains, and you answer questions like, "Hey, what's happening with Bonsai Shadow Ends? Your yeah. your Rain Wilson." Ninja movie and it's like <laughs> i wish it was still happening right now it's in development well right. you'll be they whatever say. it is and once once it's completed you'll come back to promote it we'll gleefully have you back on oh yep. you guys yeah. are the best thanks cool. for having me in here thank you so much jason reitman guys yeah. take care my man what are you doing here the one thing we know how to do mmr rocks now, wmmr presents Kristen and steve's bizarre file uh, the Archdiocese of Naples says that it has sent the Vatican a 1,200-page dossier uh, compiled by a male escort identifying 40 actively gay priests and seminarians in Italy. In a statement, Cardinal Crescenzio Seppe said none of the identified priests worked in Naples, but he said that he decided to forward the file to the Vatican because, quote, there remains the gravity of the cases. I tell you, that's what I'm going to read on the beach. Uh, for which those who have erred must pay the price. It's, uh, it's good summer reading. Uh, the dossier contained, uh, containing WhatsApp chats and other evidence was uh, compiled by a self-proclaimed gay escort, Francesco Magnacapra. Yay. Uh, he said he has told Italian media that uh, he outed the priest because he couldn't stand their hypocrisy any longer. None of the 34 priests or six seminarians was accused of having sex with minors. Uh, but this guy was quoted as saying that the mostly blacksmiths in the diocesan <laughs> statement. He said, we're talking about sins, not crimes. All right. Uh, All is, right. He said it's the latest sex scandal to uh, convulse the Italian church. 
and the Vatican, because uh, last month the Vatican judge pleaded guilty in a Rome tribunal to having child porn on his computer after police were brought in when he allegedly tried to fondle someone. So, uh, but this guy's saying, no, they're just messing around, and uh, that he's got proof of some sort. I so. also have evidence that in the 80s, many of the cardinals would not be kind and did not rewind. <laughs> Which is also a sin. Yep. This is a sin. It's not a crime. It's a sin. A goat that has managed to evade Kentucky police for years has become the pet to uh, area construction workers. Police in Hardin County said the goat was dubbed Houdini by locals because it was always managing to escape before officers could show up to capture it. We call him Houdini because he's good at escaping. Uh, the animal is most frequently... Uh, seen around Interstate 65 and has frequently been seen balancing on a concrete barrier at the side of the bridge on a highway. This is a talented goat. Uh, uh, Houdini even has his own Facebook page, which has more than 20,000 fans on it. Uh, so he's a bit of a celebrity in the area. I always thought Houdini like died doing his, his act. I had no idea that he died from appendicitis. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you watch the movie with Tony Curtis, it appears as if he dies. Uh, he dies. After doing a trick, uh, some, uh, he's a in, inverted right, right, yeah. Uh, but no, that's somebody punched him in the stomach. That did help exacerbate yep. the issue in real mm-hmm. life, but he died later on of the appendicitis. Yep. Uh, Houston police now have a person of interest in custody in connection with the shooting death of a man at a garage. The circumstances behind the shooting were unusual. Sergeant Mark Hallbrook said that there was a small party. Said the victim put on a bulletproof vest. And another man who has a gun wound up shooting him. It's unusual, but these things happen sometimes. Well, let's try this thing out. Uh, that's kind of what it yeah. was. And, and ah! this this happens so often, it's ridiculous. Mary Washler wasn't at the party, but she's the longtime girlfriend of the man police are talking to. She said he went there to sell his friend a flak jacket. Uh, and uh, she said it's so bad because he didn't know the gun was loaded. She identified her boyfriend as 39-year-old Jason Griffin. She said uh, that he told her that he went to sell his friend the bulletproof vest. According to what she said, Griffin told her. He even asked, brother, do you want me to cinch that up for you? Uh, but they were playing this stupid game going around, and he said, shoot me. And when Griffin Griffin didn't think there was anything in it, he did, and he tried to take the vest off and save him. Jeez. Uh, police said that he left the scene. Uh, I have to go. Uh, said, I must leave uh, now. Oof, I think I left the iron on. Uh, Warsler said that he returned to Rosenberg earlier this morning, shaken and afraid, and uh, he is being held in that. So don't don't put it on and test it. That's just not smart. Uh, if you're going to promise a cheese festival, the one thing you really need is cheese. I think so. But organizers of an event in England are now offering refunds after running out of the smelly stuff. Where's all the cheese? They... <laughs> I specifically came here to have some cheese. <laughs> it's an uh, obnoxious crowd. <laughs> They've been hit with complaints on social media with people calling yeah, it. For five hours, come in here, my cheese. I show you those goddamn cheese. <laughs> they got crackers. There people... <laughs> what am I going to do with that? Cracker with no cheese. People were calling it a shambles with, only, with one simply saying, hmm, was expecting more cheese. Or at least some cheese. The weather is being. There's no goddamn cheese. To a cheese festival of a minute. The weather is being blamed for some traders being unable. Was the, what's good weather for cheese? To get to the site. Oh, sorry. Was the weather too inclement for the cheese? The big cheese festival. That's oh, what it's you, called. you know, you could put some saran wrap over it. The big cheese festival had promised a plethora of the finest international cheesemakers and mongers showcasing their amazing cheeses. 
But for the, some of those who paid $30 to get in, there simply weren't enough of those mongers. We're the mongers! Following the complaints, the Big Cheese Festival has put out a statement on its Facebook page saying it's just as disappointed as our, as yourselves. We're all very sorry about the cheese interview. <laughs> we had hope there would be cheese at the Cheese Festival. <laughs> the event was disrupted by... Despite we, our best wishes, there was actually no cheese at the Cheese <laughs> Festival. We're hoping the Wine Festival will be a lot more successful. By uh, the adverse weather conditions, they said. Organizers say they're now offering a 50% discount to next year's event to anyone who bought a ticket. I'm the only one that really thinks this is hilarious, but I'm sorry. It's just to have a cheese festival sounds cheese. Yes. It's just totally counterproductive. Where's the cheese? Where's the cheese? <laughs> I came down from Manchester to have some goddamn cheese. I show up, I got my crackers, I got my bib. What no happened? cheese. No cheese. Okay. Not even cottage cheese. All right, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap with one more story. I'm going home. How about this one? I've, I've sat on this for a couple days. I should have gotten to it ahead of time. Man and woman in a New York City suburb were arrested Friday after the woman allegedly dumped a container of popcorn on a two-year-old while talking, well, who had talked during the movie. <laughs> Authorities arrested Carrie Carmen and Charles Carmen, who were both charged with endangering the welfare of a child. With uh, popcorn? Yeah, the t- a 28-year-old mother had uh, taken her young daughter to a movie theater in Long Island when the little girl asked for some popcorn. A woman sitting next to the girl allegedly verbally attempted to quiet the two-year-old. The girl's mother told the woman not to talk to her daughter, at which point the woman allegedly started screaming and cursing at the pair before covering the little girl's mouth with her hand. Uh, the woman then allegedly proceeded to dump popcorn over the two-year-old's head and hit her with the empty container. By the way, this is the second Long Island story for today. <laughs> yes. Whoa. Starting to move up in the ranks, Kathy. Yeah, it's kind of like Florida Watch out, now. Florida. <laughs> the little girl reportedly started to cry, and the woman and the man she was with uh, reportedly took off from the theater. A doctor examined the two-year-old afterwards and said she her head hurt and uh, had determined that she did have a contusion. So they mm. managed to get these two, which are they're idiots. All right, and that is what I have for you in the Bizarre File for now. This 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand program returns after a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, I'd like to thank Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. We are headed back to Jack Frost on Friday, March 1st for our 13th annual Preston and Steve Cardboard Classic. Go to WMMR.com to score lift tickets for just 20 bucks and for details on how to register your sled to compete for cash and prizes. From WMMR and JFBB, where the snow comes first. Prince Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville has everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big-name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional info. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? Taking time for yourself isn't selfish, it's self-care. Schedule a massage or facial at your local Hand & Stone Massage and Facial Spa with a relaxing massage or refreshing facial for just $59.95 for first-time guests. Visit one of their 50 area locations or handandstone.com. Screwed up Valentine's Day? Diamonds will get you out of the doghouse. Make it up to her with Stevens Angel Heart Diamond Necklace for only $128. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut, Stevens Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. This is the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I saw this this morning, and uh, it's making some waves on social media. Costco. Costco has just unveiled a new menu for a food court, and one change isn't going over very well. 
The retailer still offers its famous $1.50 deal for a hot dog and fountain soda, but the Polish dog combo, also with a soda and for the same price, has been removed. I know. Um, I never went for the Polish dog combo. I've had the hot dog there. Their hot dogs are actually... Good. They're really good. They? Uh, yeah. Yes. Their their whole their whole menu there is actually pretty good. And part of your, I guess, your membership fee. It, that's why the food's so cheap. Now. That's why, and you or get you will get a better table. Yeah, and you get yeah, a better yeah. table as well. Uh, but they're apparently they're doing a food court makeover at Costco, mm. and in the maitre d's are going to dress differently. It includes the addition <laughs> of a burger. Ooh. Okay. All right, yeah. All right, let me think about this. An acai bowl. Acai bowl. What the hell is that? They're it's like, like a uh, acai fruit fruit bowl, and uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a smoothie in a bowl. Nick, I it, went in. It's I delicious. Went in. They they freeze it, and um, then they kind of put it in like a like a blender, so it becomes almost like um, like a smoothie. But then they they'll add like granola, or you can add like yeah. a scoop of peanut butter. My smoothie can... place was uh, yeah, I have a smoothie place, and uh, <laughs> yeah. they uh, they corrected me. I, okay, well, I'm a guy, it's, just, it's a size, sir. Acai. <laughs> You're yeah. so stupid. It's a, it's a type of berry. Uh, side note: pliables in Wayne, Pennsylvania, delicious. Mm. Pliables. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's a massage parlor. <laughs> this is what I usually get. Those. Let's talk about legalized list. prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, you you get one of those, Kath? Yeah, like if it's on the menu, I usually get it. They're delicious. Well, that's sort of a that's a sort of a, a healthier option for yeah. the oh, Costco menu. Yeah, very healthy. Wait, it's healthy because I mean, it looks like it's a dessert of some sort. No, it, it's it's a berry, like Nick said. It's a just acai bowl. Well, I have to have one. Yes, now. I would like to have an acai bowl, please, <laughs> with some um, water. At room temperature, thank you. Acai, is that acai. how you say it? I'd like to have acai. Acai. You can also acai. get uh, one of your options is a dragon fruit. There you go. You have to order it like that. I I, will, I, will, I won't order it in the proper pronunciation, but I it does look actually rather delicious. That is a little hidden gem that I did not know was on the Costco menu. And okay. I know people are mocking okay. us for considering eating at Costco, but trust me, their hey. hot dogs, at least, are really good. You ever had the chicken bake there? No. It's I don't go really to Costco. Good. I don't. I'm a BJ's guy, man. I go to both. Yeah. Uh, it's about a thousand calories, but it's really good. <laughs> Sign me the up. chicken bake is really I'm good. I'm pansexual. And I always get... What does that have to do with anything? No, I figure I'd do the same to my okay. shopping activities. Uh, no, I have to... Uh, I, I, and I, we always have to get churros while we're there, too, because those are really good. But, uh, oh, acai bowl is what they're adding, and a meatless al pastor salad. Okay, did I say that correctly? Anyone? Anybody want to correct me on that one? Because I don't know. A meatless Vincent Pastore salad. (laughs) Al Pastor salad. Uh, What is okay? You got me on that one. So they're they're trying to get a little little more uh, hoity-toity. Even the company's chief executive doesn't seem too enthusiastic about that. It says the new plant-based protein salad. I know that excites you, Craig uh, Jelinek told shareholders oh, earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, put the goddamn thing on the menu. <laughs> it's like shawarma, apparently. I, I, hadn't I, heard I, of I like shawarma. Yeah. So okay. it's uh, from, from the Spanish, shepherd style. But that's meatless. Yeah. So it's some sort of, I don't know, tofu-based or something. I don't know. Marissa, it's like a kebab. It's soy-based, she's saying. Marissa's our uh, local vegan here. So Yeah, usually all those things uh, include like seitan or some sort of like Satan. soy I alternative. Don't. I'm very excited about this because... Okay. 
I don't know, but, and I find more people trying vegetarian stuff. I am, I, I'm certainly, I, I, uh, I look for vegetarian options, and that seitan is a chicken replacement. Ooh, sweet mama. It's good, right? It's damn good. Sweet mama. Seitan. You're a follower of seitan. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna get this underway, and uh, I don't know exactly when they'll have them up on the menu, but those are some of the changes they're making. If, if you were planning a night out and you were not going to go shopping mm-hmm. at, a, at a very at one of these places, where would you go to go have a meal that you would enjoy of the different stores of your Costco's, of your BJ's, oh, to of just, your, of just your go IKEA, eat, just to go eat. Ooh, you just said IKEA. My wife and I went and just had lunch at IKEA one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, freaking Swedish meatballs. We actually went there to not buy any type of furniture products, or whatever, because they also have a market there. Yeah, that sell. And since we went to Sweden last year, we got turned on to some things and some some cheese and and uh, some salmon that they have and stuff like that, that that you only get over there. But IKEA sells them. So we would go there, and we, we bought, and while we were there, we're like, let's go up and get some Swedish meatballs and lingonberries. <laughs> we, <laughs> and some acai. Acai. We used to go to Ikea just to play. Just I would to t- play? Yeah. Okay. My friend and I would have a play date there with the kids, and we would go, and then we'd take them to the market to eat. They have actually a little, play they have area. a little play area. You have you ever seen that, Preston? Kitchen. Yes. It's it's like yeah. a, it's a whole center for, the, you just drop the kids you off, can drop and, them off and have yeah. them uh, kidnapped. All right, so who else sells food right. in their... In their establishment, and is not like you know a, a chain that happens yeah. to have a uh, a, 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 a spot in the I, I will retailer. T- I will tell you that Costco probably beats BJ's in the food a little bit. I've never uh, had the BJ's. Yeah, I feel food. like BJ's is very limited. It's pizza, it's churros, it's yeah, um, dog. It's not bad, but I think Costco has a, a little better food offering. Yeah, Marissa, this is a different level, but I go to Philly's games just to get veggie dogs. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's not a shopping yeah, experience, yeah. but but, but it's but you, not a restaurant, and it's the only place that I can go to get veggie dogs. So I've been invited to Phillies games on like a Tuesday night, and will agree okay. just so I can go get a veggie dog. Veggie dog meaning made of vegetables. Yes. Okay. Describe well, this place. No, it's it's like a again, it's like a soy. It looks like okay. a hot dog. It's, but it's in not. the same form. It's in its own little case. Okay. Um, I think it's section one twenty seven. <laughs> I know the woman very well. Every time, every time for the past seven years, I've been getting a dog. She looks at it and she goes, "That's vegetarian." You know, I said, "Yep." It's so it funny. That, you know, vegetarians have meat envy. You know what I mean? Like they want everything to be meat like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Not yeah. everything, but yes, yeah. they do strive to have products that are you know like a like a vegetarian cheesesteak. Well, like uh, the Impossible Burger, right? Mm-hmm. Is exactly. to me is, and that's a good entree for a lot of people. Like, oh, okay, I can try that. I'm and more it's inclined. even bl- bloody. You know the yeah. Impossible Burger, they, they, but they actually pour real animal blood on it <laughs> just to make it. Not really vegetarian. <laughs> so that's what really sells it is when you douse it in real animal blood. Some. <laughs> Stores like uh, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus, they'll actually have like a day where they'll set up a stand and you can go and get like ice cream or hot dogs. And uh, a couple of them will have like a little cafe on mm-hmm. their top floor where you can go. And so basically you don't have to leave the store. You can do all your shopping right. and get something to eat. A bunch of people are texting in Cabela's apparently has a really good uh, cafe. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Cabela's has a cafe? Well, That's why wouldn't they? Yeah. For Christ's sake, they have everything else. You oh. probably, they probably serve the fish you can catch in the big tank. Hey, somebody pointed that. I forgot about this. Home Depot used to sell pizza and Hot really? Dogs. I remember that. It might have been. I don't yeah, they might have been like right inside the the vestibule when you first walk in. I think I remember getting a hot dog one time. Yeah, not but, any of mine though. 
Yeah. And it's a great place to take a first date to the vestibule at the Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> there is that Home Depot that's on uh, Delaware Avenue, Columbus Boulevard. There is a... Um, it's not a deli. It's it's like a. It's know, like a stand. They have like sausage and pepper. Yes. And it smells damn good every Where time. Where is this? Have to go it's there. by um, the Columbus Boulevard, Delaware Avenue. Because I I grabbed lunch. Not there. far from Club or Skate. Right if you well, remember during the, food. during the camp out for hunger, remember when we when we launched Sarah oh. in a trash can oh. at a car? Uh, yes, I, I went to that Home Depot to get those trash cans and. And sausage and peppers. I'm like, yeah. oh, man, that smells so good. I had to stop. You okay. know, I've said this many. I've been saying this for years. One of my favorite turkey dinners was at the Club Risque on <laughs> Delaware <laughs> Avenue. It was Dude. excellent. Yeah. Bring, it, your, <laughs> bring your own fork. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. That was chilling. But, uh, <laughs> hang on. Let me go to, I got a couple other calls. I'm going to go to Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Good morning. Uh, sorry, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Wait, put on your yeah, phone. How are you? <laughs> At the place where I had my Adam's apple shaved, they had churros. <laughs> Dude, you listen to us? Uh, the real Caitlin on the phone. Are you there? Catlin. Catlin. Okay. Yeah. All right, Catlin, yeah. what's up? What's up, bitches? Yeah, Wegmans. Yeah. Wegmans? Wegmans, yes. Well, that's a, they, they, they have a, they've always had a nice... They sell food. There. They sell food. Yeah. It's it's like if you go to a Pet Boys and they have flank steak. Are, are you, are you well, talking no, about... because it's like the... Yeah, where you yeah, you're talking s- about the pub... Yeah, yeah, chicken yeah. palm sandwiches and chicken tenders, all delicious chicken stuff. Chicken palm sandwiches, chicken, palm. chicken tenders. <laughs> how is how is that palm? Thanks, man. It's actually really good. Is it Nick, really? I know you've eaten it yeah, before. Yeah, I like it yeah. a lot, and uh, I, I also like uh, flank steak. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> okay. At the Pet Boys. Yep. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> 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 I was just pick, pick your one thing that you're going to do phenomenally well, and Pet Boys. Uh, to ask about the flank steak. Uh, okay, let me try this color, Candon's. Hi, Candace. Is it is it uh, Cadence? Is it Cadence or Candace? Candace. Okay. Candace. Hi, Candace. Oh, Hi. All right. So, what did you want to tell us about? So, so it's not veggie based, but uh, my husband and I actually look forward to going on Saturday morning to our King of Prussia Home Depot and getting the cheese dog and the hot dog. Got that guy wow. still there. The Home Depot hot dogs at yes. KOP are are amazing. They are. I did Is it a stand? It's a stand, yes. The guy's there every day. Outside the store? Outside the store. I can see that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, know so, that. So, so, um, okay, we're looking at a picture of, I guess, what it is. All it, right. Oh, it's like a permanent stand. Yep. Oh, wow, okay. I didn't know that. Okay, it's not a food truck. Interesting. Okay. Those little gems. Thanks, those little. There used to be, uh, you know, years before the, the, the food trucks became the thing growing up, there was off this... Random exit on the Long Island Expressway. There was a guy parked in weeds in this broken down van. Had the best freaking hot dogs you ever had in your life. You know what? You can find sometimes there are these mobile um, uh, barbecue smokers. That, yes, that, 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 yeah. There's a guy like once a month, and they right. set up in your town, and they and it's fantastic. So. You know when when uh, when Indiana Jones chose the right goblet? Yeah, yes. Yes. that's yes. how I. So that one has been all around my area in in uh, on Germantown Avenue and uh, um, you know in, in Mount Airy, and then I walked past um, you know I, I hike around the area. It was parked behind the Acme. Uh-huh. That's where the guy parks. Shows <laughs> <laughs> wisely. But and it was still so they they keep that meat cooking and everything. So he's there just cooking away. Yeah, and he's getting ready to go out. But man, does that smell good! I'm going to need confirmation on this text. The Delaware DMV next to the Lowe's killer, killer sausage. <laughs> 
and peppers. It's a food. I guess oh, food truck. Okay. All right, so food truck. So food truck is going to be mobile. Obviously, we are looking for the anomalous food at a place that you normally don't associate with food. Casey, you know what? Okay. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Steve. I meant to address you. Uh, somebody pointed this out, and I remember this as a kid. It says here, Kmart in New Jersey used to have a restaurant in it. When I was a kid, yeah. Kmart had like a. What would be the proper word for that? Not a diner. Cafe. Eatery. A cafe. So Thank Woolworths you. used to have cafes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Years and years ago. Did yeah. you guys have Clover where you were? Yeah. By any chance? Because yes. Clover, it, it, not necessarily a cafe, but they had a stand where you could get hot dogs and ice cream and, and stuff. And they always <laughs> and a had dance. They had a giant gobstopper. I mean, it was. Giant I mean, it was almost the size of a tennis ball. And really, I always wanted it. Steve, do you know what I remember about the the Kmart cafeteria? Is <laughs> the type of place where you would be served mashed potatoes with an ice cream sco- yeah. ice cream cone scooper. Yeah, you know, and it would have that perfectly shape. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they'd put the, the the gravy that looks synthetic on it. Oh, it was, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It was yep. just brown water. My <laughs> mom would bribe me uh, to go to Kmart <laughs> with the the food court, and there was, it was the one in Devon, which, by the way, is being torn down right now. I don't even know. What's Kmart going. in Devon, yeah, right on Route Thirty, mm-hmm. and then Steve the Wolf. I'm surprised Devon even allows a Kmart well, in there. For they don't anymore. Zoning apparently. Get out. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of the main line, uh, Nick McElwain lives very close to here. He'd be offended. Thank you. By your camera. There's no acai bowls in this yeah. mother effort. <laughs> uh, Steve, Woolworths that I went to growing up had a counter. And it was like a, yeah. a, almost like a diner level service. And you know what I remember? Nick, they had great hamburgers. <laughs> they had, and I'm sure there was nothing even remotely neat about their hamburgers. And maybe it's just a sense of nostalgia, but love them. Uh, let me go to, we were talking about, uh, we got started on this because Costco is taking away their Polish sausage deal and they're adding an acai bowl. <laughs> and, That's good. Of course, and bowing to the acai lobby. The uh, Al Pastor salad as well. But, and uh, the Al Lewis salad. Let me go to <laughs> Grandpa. Let me go to Matt uh, wants to comment on BJ's and I'm not talking about Hummers. Yeah. Matt, oh, hi. They're good too. You're on the air. Good morning. Big fan. Are the police cops there? <laughs> Are the what? Police cops. Are the police, police. cops? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Police cops. Who said police cops? I, was it you? Was that, or Marissa? Marissa, I think. <laughs> she, no, she said cops and cops, cops, cops. cops. All right, anyhow, it doesn't matter. What's up, Matt? Sorry, BJ's is actually taking out their cafeteria area. Altogether, BJ's is going to remove it? Yeah, that's what the... I hope it's not because what I said... Gonna put uh, appliances there or something. Oh, what you now? Appliances. Yeah, I kind of noticed that it was get it was shrinking. Huh. Okay, because that's where I, I go to BJ's, and I definitely they they've made it smaller, and at this point, it may even be gone. Interesting. It, the thing that's I, too bad. It was always situated right below the large marquee that had the trips that yeah. you could purchase for cruises, nine dollar trip around the world. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let me see here. All right, let me go to uh, Marcus. Hi, Marcus. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, bud? Hey, uh, down in Tepper, New Jersey, they had this Amco gas station. Amazing cheese steak. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> cheese steak. Amazing cheese steak. You know how in Philly you go to Jim's, Gino's, yeah. We decided to go to the Amco all the time. <laughs> wow. Well, Marcus, Casey, you did a real deli stop, and it was, it was a, a Sunoco, Sunoco station. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. They the, brought in the sandwiches. Thanks, yes. Marcus. They were great. Yo, they, they, they have a steak and egg there. Yeah. I mean, it is delicious. Uh, Deli- yes. 
Amazing. Delish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you go down south, you will see food at gas stations. Yeah. They really, they, they, you could you can buy all kinds of I'm hungry of enough foods. to eat a sandwich from a gas station. <laughs> but, I mean, besides that, yeah. I remember, uh, well, if you go down to, like, Alabama, we used to always pick up uh, uh, boiled peanuts. You guys ever had boiled peanuts before? Yeah. I have. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. God, I used to love those. Really, yeah? But there were a lot of gas stations that would sell those out front. Boiled peanuts, huh? Boiled peanuts, yes. Any salt on that or no? Uh, I I don't think so, but uh, it's a different uh, it's a different taste. You should try them sometimes. The, the salt to. gets boiled right off. Uh, yes, Kathy. I had a friend that um, went out drinking one evening and then stopped at uh, a Sunoco and got this the biggest burrito you would ever <laughs> imagine. And it was like one where you brought it home, you put it in the microwave, and he devoured it. And he was like, "That was." the best burrito I ever had. And he actually went back the next day to get it again. And he was like, I think maybe it had something to do with drinking all night. That's uh-huh. why it was so that, good. That food does benefit quite often from people coming back from, you know, drinking. Oh, wait, uh, Scott, uh, uh, Toyota has a deli. <laughs> okay. What? Okay. Hi, it's Scott. You're on the air. Good morning. Scott, are you there? Case, I think our phone line seized up oh, on us. No. I was trying to hang up on the other line, and it wouldn't do it. Well, and also line six, Preston. Uh, Raymore and Flanagan has cookies and candy. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah. do. Yeah, well, they, so does Steven Singer. Yeah, when yeah. you when you go into Raymore and Flanagan, mm-hmm. I've been there a couple of times. They have like a, a full candy. Like Are you a, sure? Like a bar. What? Bob's Discount Furniture has that. And yeah, I think they a lot might of have the, that too. I think okay. a lot of the furniture stores do. No, Mealy's has like a whole cafe, and you can go in and actually sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically Raymore and Flanagan that I've been to. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and they have like all like you know at my birthday party where we had all the candies set yeah. out. It's like that. I like it, and man. you can help yourself uh, to that. So interesting. Well, okay. Well, if you're a big fan. Of the Polish sausage deal at Costco, it's going away. It's dollar fifty. You get the combo. You get the Where are the sausages? You get the Polish sausage and the soda, but the hot dog is still going to stick is around. Bull crap! But uh, the acai bowl <laughs> will be available. This is what this is. And the alpaca salad. The alpaca salad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those things are so cute. <laughs> yeah. like I tell you what, man, take a chainsaw to them, and it's good eating. Mm. <laughs> Tastes like lava. <laughs> 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Dave Joyce. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword Local Shots. Dave Joyce. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I want to officially welcome Kathy Romano back. Yay! Thank you. She was off on Thursday and Friday. and we, It's so we spoke, great to be back. Oh, uh, we spoke on the phone last night. You sounded horrible last night. I know. And yep. you just can't shake this thing, whatever sinus thing going on. Yeah, the medicine's making me sick. Ugh. As good medicine does. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is, it's awful. It's a steroid. It's disgusting. I thought you were looking muscular. You're very bloated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, sorry to see that. Oh, uh, no, no, like, hot flashes and, like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like I've. Is I there think- a sharp pain in your penis? 
I think I was on a steroid once before, but this is god awful. Sounds like menopause to me. Man. No, totally, totally. That's exactly what it feels like. I want to know who's more pathetic, you or me? Because I, I'm. You wearing... both had banner weekends. Uh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I have a, a wrist brace or you know a hand brace on, on my left hand. Remember, I broke the the bone in in my hand. And I fly. Yes, you were, you were and you, you'd been flying. You were just getting out. I was just getting out. I just banged my pinky. I jammed my pinky. I broke a bone in my hand. And so I had to deal with that for months. I had to wear that stupid thing on my hand. Um, and that was like a year and a half ago. Well, over the weekend, had another lovely experience. What sort of extreme sport were you engaged in where you injured your wrist? This really new, <laughs> exciting sport, Steve. Because I Fly was the first. Yeah, this is called walking down the stairs. <laughs> oh, wow. That's it's dangerous. all the rage, but you got to be wow, careful and have the proper mm-hmm. safety equipment Are you trained? On. Are you trained no, to do that? No, and that's where I made my mistake. You flew. It was your first solo. Jesus, dude. Mm-hmm. So, listen, it's like 7.30 in the morning. I was going to go out and hit some golf balls. And so I'm walking down the stairs, and my, my daughter had a friend spend the night. My other son had a friend spend the night, so I'm trying to be quiet in the yeah. house. Not going to wake everybody up. They were up late and everything, so I got my clothes. I'm walking down the stairs. And so since we now have puppies, we have dogs. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're six, eight months old now, so they're not necessarily full-on puppies. But anyway, so we have... Uh, we have some baby gates that have returned to the home of which I thought I was done with forever. No, not so lucky. So for the stairs, there's a set, there's a gate, and uh-huh. it's about four steps up, which I don't know why we have it four steps up. Shouldn't it be at the bottom anyway? So <laughs> why is it four I, step- My Wait, wife put it is up. Is it to keep the dogs from going down or going up? Keep them from going up. Okay. But anyhow, I digress. So I, I'm coming where down. the banister thing is. Okay. okay. I start to open the, the, the gate. And as I'm doing so, I lose my footing. Oh, God. And, you know, I'm 200 pounds. And the house is quiet. The house is quiet. And all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm trying to... Hey, you know, and and I've got one arm with clothes in it, so I my my arm's full. I can't reach out and grab the your, banister. Your folding arm, yeah, my yeah. folding arm. So I I splail out and I <sighs> fall and I, I I land mostly on my hip, and but I guess in the process because I was mainly concerned about hitting my side, my ribs, and my hip. My arm must have come down and slammed onto the stairs as well. And then I just, I fall, I slide all the way down. I'm laying at the bottom of the stairs in a heap. Oh, God. It must have sounded like the house was coming down with me hitting the floor like that. Uh, hardwood, I assume, right? On the, yeah, on the, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, your, your pews I'm talking about. And no. my, my oldest son is upstairs. He's brushing his teeth, and he comes running out. He's like, are you okay? Oh, know, man. My one dog is barking its head off. So here I am in pain, laying at the bottom of the stairs at seven thirty. A dog <laughs> screaming in my ears. My son asking me how I'm doing, and I'm just I'll, all, the only thing I can think to say was "Shut the f <laughs> up" to my dog Which who's I'm, barking. I'm sure yeah. she listened, right? Yeah, right. Instantly yeah, quieted down and then sought medical attention. Oh my god, it hurts so bad. Yeah, it, it hurts so bad. So. I, I get up and I'm like I'm not even thinking about. Did my Did you hit hand. your tailbone at all? No, no. All right, thank Just, God. So I fell on my right. side. Okay, yeah, yeah. That can be really bad. Yeah. If you break it, your coccyx, I think is that little yeah. tailbone yeah. thing that can be debilitating. But anyhow, so I'm mainly thinking about my side and and my leg and everything, and and I, and I'm laying there because that's where the bulk of the pain was. And I get up and as I push myself up. I feel the pain in my hand. I'm oh, like, oh, man. you gotta be kidding me, man! And don't you have some golf? coming I up? I have a golf trip coming up. <laughs> Had in about two yeah. weeks, and didn't win on the last. So, just to put this in perspective, if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll know that on during the last couple of days we had off, you got lice. Oh yeah, 
Had that too. That's over with, thank God. But that was in the first day of right, vacation. Right. Lice, my daughter's friend. Blah. Anyway. So, so, so July's now, been good to you. So now I'm like, ah, oh, great. And I was just getting ready to go out to, to go hit golf balls. So the first thing I do is I go, I pick up a golf club. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, okay, that ain't going to happen. And so I spent the rest of the day wondering, is it broken? Is it broken? Is it broken? And so eventually I went to an urgent care center just to go get an x-ray. Right, right. And uh, turns out it's not broken. All right. It's a sprain, uh, which freaking hurts, dude. I can't. Sprains hurt. Flatten out my hand all the way. It's it's in the meat of your palm by your thumb, you know, that really meaty part of your hand. Where the meat goes. Where the meat goes. And... I, you know, so I wonder if because I've had similar thumb injuries, and I wonder if it's just be, when you landed, um, you maybe bent your thumb back like that. I, I don't uh, think so. I think it just literally you slammed, slammed it down. down really hard. Mm. So my wife had the same thing. She was on the the hoverboard and and hit down exactly the same way, sl- cracking her hand down on the floor, sprained it, and Preston, uh, she had. It was almost impossible to sleep that night because of the uh, the pain. Did you have that kind of pain, or did you? Um, well, I, they gave me a brace, so okay. I, I was able to keep from bumping it, and it stayed in a, in a fixed position. So right. I was able to sleep. It's a cool looking brace. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, it that. Looks but really cool. but I had um, you know they had said uh, when, when I found out it wasn't broken, I'm like, thank God. So I just I got to rest it for like ten days or so before I can do anything. I thought you uh, said I got arrested. Yeah. I was like, on top of You're not allowed to fall in your house. <laughs> they threw me in the tank. And you, you left out one part, too, Preston. You you can't have children anymore. I mean, you had a vasectomy a while ago, but yeah. just, right. just an update. All right, when is your golf trip, Preston? Uh, it's, uh, I think, the 8th of uh, August. Okay, so, so it's after 10 I'm, I'm good, yeah. I got, okay. I, I, You'll make I, it? I have time to recover unless there's a complication with it. and Maybe the lice come back. And then that will be wasted money. Uh, but, God. dude, falling down the stairs. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Kathy's sick all the time. I'm just stupid stuff happening <laughs> to me. You're bald. You're bald. Oh, wait, you. And you, know, you know what? I, I really thought to myself, I'm like, this is punishment because I was so grossed out when Preston was sick and <laughs> spitting in the trash can. God is punishing me right now. <laughs> you know, though, in that time, and I, I had the same thing happen, similar Preston. You know, we've been walking for years, you know, yeah. and going up and down stairs. It's something that I, I pride myself on. You ask anybody about me, Steve's, Steve's good on the stairs. Uh, I was, I was, uh, uh, Kathy going down for, for a hike, you know, it was, I told you when we were in Maniunk on the hundred steps, you know, bop, 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 I almost in my head, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing <laughs> Katrina and uh, walking on sunshine. <laughs> I mean, you know, absolutely spread out down eight stone steps. Oh. And then you get up and the first thing is like, <gasps> did anyone see that? Yeah. Oh, did oh, anybody yeah. see that? Yeah. And then. All your systems kick in and say, and okay, time to bring the pain. Mm-hmm. And then it sets in. You so. get the adrenaline rush and all that. But yep. I, going down the steps, I didn't break anything. I didn't sprain my 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 uh, wrist or break anything. My wife falls just a, a foot or two in our living room on the hardwood floor, and she sprains her wrist. You fall on your steps in your house, huh? you sprain your wrist. Yeah. And you know what it's from? You know, you know where the slipping? Because there, there was a stretch where I had slipped down the stairs. <laughs> Like, o- over the course of a month, it had happened a couple of times. Right, right, I'm like, yeah. what the hell? 
my the heels of my feet yeah. are very smooth. Right. And because of that goddamn pet egg. Maybe. <laughs> and and I literally slip on the carpet oh. on, on the stairs. It's not from I tripped over my feet or something like that. It's my feet are too smooth. God, your damn beautiful feet. I Preston. know. <laughs> there again, the curse of, of the, the foot. Of model. the beautiful foot. <laughs> and, a blessing and a curse at the same time. And, I want to. Can you come into the operating room? I want you to take a look at these feet. But I mean, it's it's so stupid. Here, and speaking of stupid, here's here's a text. Somebody, people are trying to make me feel better, and I appreciate it. This one says, "Preston, it's okay. I hurt my back wrapping presents on Saturday." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Who was the comedian we had in not long ago? And he's he turned fifty. He's like, you know, things change. He's like, you know, like I got bang my uh, my knee on the uh, coffee table. I'm like, well, that's gonna hurt for a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought of. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I took a header down the steps in college. We were playing. It's called uh, we we called it Main Street Shopping, and I had eaten mushrooms earlier in the day. So. <laughs> yeah, you should have led with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a caveat. And we had gone, so I was sort of on the tail end of that trip, but uh, um, we were going Main Street shopping, which is you would go into the fraternity and the sorority houses along Main Street, and you would raid their fridge. Yeah. So I was coming out of, I, I think it was Duryea, I can't remember which house it was, but I had a, I had a big jar full of pickles. And we're booking. It's probably like eight, nine, no. ten of us, right? Oh, and I took no. a header down these concrete steps oh, no. from the very top of these steps, and oh. I tumbled down like a freaking stunt man. And I did you it. save the pickles? I saved the pickles. Are yeah. you serious, I saved, dude? Nothing broke. Nothing <laughs> except for my skull, maybe. But I had. I ended up at the bottom of the steps, and I popped right up, and I had everybody looking at me like. Are you dead? Are you? Because, yeah. I mean, I, it was... You go down head, concrete steps? Concrete yeah. steps. And I tumbled down them. It's yeah. not like I slid down them. I went, tumbled down them. And I was like, Like a stunt man. Yeah. Oh, and then God. we ran to the back of another house where there was a giant rock, and we just sat there and ate pickles. I'll meet you at the giant rock. <laughs> you know, yeah. the pickle rock. Yes. The pickle rock. Yeah. That's where we go to eat pickles. Here, here's a couple texts coming. It says, don't feel bad. I broke my hand taking off a sock. Oh, yeah. Uh, it says, I'm 31, and I threw out my back tying my boots. I don't think this is an age thing as much as it is, you know, you go through these uh, cycles where, you know, I'm in a cycle now where I bound down the steps and on the last step, I jump off, always forgetting that there's a roof in the house oh, man. and hit my head. On, in fact, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think I still have a cut from the last time I hit. The uh, thing, and it, you just get into these things. Yeah. It's like when you bite the inside of your mouth and then oh, yeah. bite that same spot six more times. Here, somebody says, I tore an upper arm muscle putting on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting on a t shirt. So, I so this morning I'm going to put on deodorant, yeah. And unbeknownst to me, I guess I on, on the way down the stairs, I really banged my right by my elbow in the tricep here at the base of the tricep where the connective tissue is. I must have hit that because just holding up my arm. Not even the part where that, just to hold up my arm to get the the. Uh, May I recommend something? Uh, the the the, uh, the the deodorant in there was excruciating. Attach a vice grip to your counter, put the deodorant in it, <laughs> and just lean and over. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> uh, you're an idea, yeah, man. Steve. I'm trying. Oh man, hang on. Let me go to uh, Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Danielle? <laughs> Well, I was saying goodbye to my husband this morning. Yep. He sneezed and went, oh, it turns out he pulled out his back. He threw out his back <laughs> sneezing. sneezing. Yep. 
Yeah, sneezing. And it's to let you know, and you, I'm sure he's not telling everyone at work today about this, but you, but you will because it's the last thing you want people to know. You you want to say, look, there was a hostage crisis. I ran in, had to fight a few guys and threw out my back. You don't want to say I sneezed. Yeah, Matt O'Donnell and I were supposed to play golf on Wednesday, so I yeah. texted him and, and had to cancel. And uh, if he was going to ask what happened, because I told him I, I banged <laughs> up my hand, I was going to tell him that I, you know, thwarted a mugging. <laughs> Um, an old lady. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he never asked, so I didn't tell. But I did have a story ready yeah, to go. Yeah, have a story anybody, ready. Maybe I asked, you know, a carjacking or something right, like right, that. Right, yeah. Because I'm not going to say I've Catching kids, they jumped out of a burning building. Let me go to Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Good. Well, I'm hurting, but what's up, Leanne? So, know how you sit on a gym floor with your feet out in front of you when you were a kid and you would lean back on your hands? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I did that in my living room. I was like a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and all of me and my mom heard was this sickening crunch. Oh. It was my wrist. Just simply by I, le- sitting down and leaning back, you broke your wrist? I broke my wrist. <laughs> That's like Mr. Glass. Yes. That's yeah. just Mr. Like Mr. Glass, Glass calls you a pussy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Murphy's Law. Murphy's, yeah, yeah, that's probably more appropriate. Wow, man. So how how long were you uh, suppressing? Your wrist is sprained. How long, um, Leanne, for the broken wrist? How long was the recuperation? Uh, I was out of commission for, I want to say, a year because they actually, the fracture was so minor that they really couldn't do anything about it, and I still have issues till this day, like 13 <laughs> years later. So, yeah, and you're in high school. So, again, it's not, it's not an age thing, but it's it's just, it's yeah. sometimes it's just one of those dumb, you know, and, and we were talking about this last night, Preston, about how, um, you know, well, the, the, the stats always say, you know how many, most injuries occur in the home. Well, that's where you are the most. Yes, it's true. Here's text says, I pulled my peck scratching my ass one time. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> that right now is the winner. Uh, hang on, let me go to, I have uh, Kate on the phone. Hi, Kate, good morning. Hey, guys, you rock. Thank you, Kate. What's going on? Um, so I used to get really, really, really bad sinus infections. Mm-hmm. And um, one time I was so clogged, I blew my nose really hard, and it ended up rupturing my eardrum and rupturing the sinus, so I had a black eye. Oh, and my God. Went, you ruptured your eardrum and gave yourself a black eye by blowing your nose? <laughs> Swear to God, yes. So I go to the doctor, and they take me in the side room, and they're like, do you feel safe at home? Are you sure you're <laughs> Yeah, no, they have to because they, they want to make sure there's nothing like a domestic violence situation going on. But and I'm like, no, I know, I know, I blew my nose really hard. And wow, and it hurt. It I, hurt. You know, so, so when you blew out your eardrum, what happened? Did you? Was it? What was the experience like? It, it. I felt it pop, and then it just was like this ongoing aching pain. Okay. And took it away. Like I had to go straight to the doctor. I knew I was messed up. All right. Yeah. And then, wow. and then a black eye too. Jesus. Yeah. And like yeah. so that whole domestic violence thing. So <laughs> my my sister in law went to tickle my brother, and my brother had just like a uh, a reaction. Like oh my right. god. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, hit the back of his head to her eye and gave her a gigantic black wow. eye. Right. So it's like, oh, how do you? Well, yeah, and you, and you show up at the hospital. You show up the, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, you know. You just OJ gotta, had a hell of a time. Her <laughs> head fell off. You yeah. got to explain. She tickled me. She tickled me. <laughs> I cut my head back, and her head fell off. <laughs> and then the waiter's head fell off too. I got to go to this. I got. I, I have to hear this explanation. I'm going to go to John. Hey, John. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Hey. What's up, John? 
Hey, as uh, my wife just had left for work, and I was coming down the steps uh, about 7 o'clock in the morning, just like you were doing. Yep. I had in my hand my uh, daughter. She was in a uh, uh, you know, the, uh, car seat. Okay. So about four steps up, I slip, go straight on my back, hit the uh, steps, railing. My daughter bounces out of the, she's four months old, oh bounces out of the uh, car seat, flies over the railing onto the floor. <gasps> And I go all the way down the steps. Oh, my back was killing me. Oh, my God. And I look over. My daughter's fine. She's just laying there looking at me. <laughs> I guess they bounce. You know, they say babies bounce. Yeah. So I crawl over, get on the phone, call 911. Um, I'm laying there. The cops come busting in because they hear, uh, you know, uh, my story with the 911 line. And uh, ambulances end up. Uh, police car ended up in my uh, uh, front lawn. Everything came uh, came into our house. So Lord Gwen, it was great. Montgomeryville was great, and uh, it was just a wild time. So you had you had police responding. You're you're sprawled on the floor because you're in such pain. The baby is fine, and so what, what did they break down the door? How'd they get in? I had to uh, crawl and unlock the door. Oh, oh my, my god! god. When they came in, they found that she's fine, but she but she was. Uh, con- Considering where she, you know, went over, yeah, um, they considered like a trauma too, and they put her in the ambulance, took sure. her with her, yeah, to Abington Hospital, and uh, they asked if I wanted to go, and I was just, no, I'll, I'll, I'll drive down, which was probably a mistake, but yeah, my coccyx, well, oh my God, my coccyx was so sore, <laughs> oh man, uh, and it gorged. She, they checked her all out, and she was fine. Wow, uh, believe it or not, it was crazy. And how bad were you banged up? Oh, I, I lived. I was, I was bent over for about. I got to be a week. Yeah, that just sucks. Um, yeah, and it, and, oh, it's, it did. and you're in your own home. You're simply going up the steps. It's just re- I was going down the steps. Oh, I going down the stairs down to get the formula, get everything ready because she's four months old, and, and my wife. Yeah, and went home by myself. But. You know what the most traumatic? I mean, obviously, Thanks, Sean. The bathroom is is. I think you you've reported on it, Preston. The bathroom is traditionally the the, the injury. Room that in the kitchen, yeah, because you yeah. can cut yourself right. uh, quite a bit in the kitchen. But it, it but it, it's just ridiculous. You're just doing. You're not doing anything risky at all. I'm walking. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna go to Matt next. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Hey, Gatzooks. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, um, this is about two years ago. I'm 30 now. <laughs> I was stretching in bed and I collapsed a lung. What? Oh my god. Okay, take us <laughs> step by step through what you did. <laughs> Beginning okay, with the start of the stretch. I woke up. I stretched. I felt like a searing kind of like pull in my side, but it went away. I went through all all throughout the day. I, I did like three loads of laundry. Then I went to a block party. I didn't go to my doctor until later on that week. And he was like, you got to get into the emergency room right now. You have 100% collapsed lung. Well, you were functioning for a few days with a yeah. 100% collapsed lung. Matt, yep. <laughs> Matt, did they stick the tube in your side? Oh yeah! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! That's a fear oh. of mine. Um, it, yeah, it's there's no uh, uh, there's no medication they can give you for that. Mm. <laughs> so how do they? Do, do, what does the does the uh, does the nurse come over and and blow it up through a straw or what happens? How do they reinflate? No, uh, what they do is they cut. Uh, they give you a local anesthetic. Uh, they they cut an incision, then they. Basically, it's this long, like, shank, like, tube. They just 
shove it into your side through the muscle between the ribs and everything. It relieves the pressure. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a relief. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and then again, uh, last year it collapsed again, so they had to do the operation so it won't ever happen again. All right, so once you have a collapse, is it prone to recollapsing? Or obviously, in your case, it was. Yeah, yeah, it's more likely to happen the second time, but if that happens, they do a preventative surgery to stop it from ever happening. And again. the preventative surgery is the removal of both lungs, correct? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that's That'll never happen again. Stretching in bed and you collapse a lung. Usually you that's have to nasty. have a real trauma to collapse Thanks, a lung. And listen, if he would have, like, flown uh, with a collapse, that would have killed him. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yes. It can kill you. Yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, thank Fun God fact. didn't. Thanks, man. Fun, Fun fact. fact. You fly, you Fly die. with a collapsed lung, you could die. Fun uh, fact. Let me go to, how about uh, Jeremy? Hey, Jeremy, good morning. Good morning, guys. How hey. are we? Good. What's up, buddy? All right, so uh, your Inner Barrow's Coolest Teacher Award winner from last year. Um, yeah, he decided to ball tap me one time while I was taking a picture. And, uh, yeah, Mr. McLaughlin, when ball tapping me, uh, ruptured all three of my butt muscles. What? what? Wait, Sorry, what? again, take us step yeah. by step through yeah. from the beginning of the nut tap, uh, the ball tap, and, and uh, your subsequent pain. Right, so Mr. McLaughlin and his now wife, had gone away on vacation, got engaged, so we threw an impromptu engagement party. And for him, cool Mr. McLaughlin. Oh, man. And, uh, really I gotta stop saying his picture, name. Hang on. Yeah, during a picture, we were all posing for a picture. I had somebody, like, sitting on my knee. Like, I, like, I was, like, kind of squatted. Right. And he decided to just whack right in the nuts. Oh. And, and the motion, like, the, oh, and, you know, you, like, crunch up. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought someone kicked me in the ass. That's what I thought. Like, I felt like this like this boom in my butt. Uh-huh. And uh, I woke up about 4 o'clock in the morning. That My boxers didn't fit anymore. I had so much swelling. You um, really- I ripped all three muscles. There's oh, my God. So, yes. From, so, from the, the, the trauma, you get tapped in the, in the nuts. And his reaction. You, you, you contract your glute muscles so quickly and so uh, uh, profoundly that the three muscles tore, tore right then and there. Uh, Hundred percent, and then wow. I had from that, I had a, a hematoma, which is like a collection of blood yeah. in my butt cheek. That was uh, it was a six by nine by eleven centimeters. It was about the size of a TV room, like a small TV remote. All from a my... ball tap. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus. So, uh, you know, to this day, I get you know a bunch of call me half ass. That's my nickname. <laughs> half ass. <laughs> so wait a minute, what's what's uh, recovery like from that, Jeremy? Did they have to do any surgery or anything? So, no, so I, I was lucky. I got in and I saw some uh, saw uh, the sports med doc down at Penn, and they uh, basically I was out of work for like six weeks. I could I was on crutches for the first three, and then as the muscle reattach, like you know, healed up and, and stuff like that, uh, I got back to doing you know normal things over you know over time. Oh, it was miserable though. I, the worst part about it is I had to let my wife drive everywhere, and I swear she just aimed for like every single freaking pothole. Six weeks. Like, Oh my Dead God! Oh, yeah, miserable. Was, yeah, was, couldn't lift my leg. Couldn't put underwear on. Oh, it was it was bad. Was was yeah, Mr. Was McLaughlin was uh, apologetic? And was he? Was oh, he... I owe him. I owe him still to this day. I never let him. That was four uh, well, years ago. <laughs> which, would you feel better if we got that mug back from him? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, he's he, normally he'd be listening, but you know because he's a teacher, and yeah, yeah. He don't work in the summer, mm-hmm. so he'll be asleep till like ten a.m. <laughs> so when he pot when he streams this later on, off to have him, you know. <laughs> well. Jeremy, after Mr. McLaughlin won uh, the teacher, the coolest teacher. What was that? Oh, uh, go ahead. Somebody self. Uh, uh, after he won that, how long have you been waiting to tell this story on our show? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
forever, especially when, once he went, I'm like, son of a gun, man, this guy. <laughs> you don't know. I know. You know, you know, and like I said, hey, you know, you get ball tapped, you tear an ass. What can I say? <laughs> I have ne- I've never heard that old saying. <laughs> Tap a nut, rip your ass. Wow. All right. Thank you so much wow. for sharing that, Jeremy. I had no idea right. that you could, your, your ass, your glutes could convulse that quickly. Ball taps aren't cool. No, no. I, they were I, you know, for a I'm, while. I, I'm they were all the rage. Nah, I'm all right with like you know cheese curl or uh-huh. something like that. But you get into that territory, you're you're flirting with really maybe hurting well, somebody it, pretty bad, as evidenced by this, but also yeah. by the fact that you get you get a solid ball tap, it can make you vomit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or you could you could like rupture a nut, At, man. That's not rupture cool. a nut. Yeah, busted. I think ball taps are fine, but you know, you, not a ball hit, a ball tap. It's just something that. Bust a nut. The thing is, you might be you. They might be moving forward as you're doing the tap, and the timing is just wrong. No, and boom, man, you can it can it can go bad. You and want that? Hey, hey, you stop that because <laughs> it can get uh, pretty ugly pretty quick. All right, there are other calls, but nothing's going to match that. So nope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap that. <laughs> we, up. we had uh, we had a lung deflate while stretching and an ass cheeks rip from a nut tap. Yeah, how do you beat that? Well, I it's just I'm so pissed at this that I just I fell. I was just walking down the steps. I had the whole day ahead of me. Oh man, I was all set. I had my da, plans, da, da, da. and and I'm all set to go. I'm walking on. <laughs> I'm already up early in the morning. I'm going to go out and hit some golf balls. Continue to sharpen my game up. Ready for this golf trip. Yeah. I'm taken boom and i mess up my hand and that's a, the first thing i think of is oh my god weeks of of my game hey! <laughs> that's it your whole day run now on the plus side i did sit on the couch all day and watch the British Open. So there you go. It's, it's on because of the time difference. Yeah. It was on early in the morning, so I got to see all of the third round because I didn't do anything that day. Oh my God, what an idiot, man! And you'd feel like such a moron when you do something like that. But well, you've just heard there are uh, yeah. all sorts of comparable, if not um, even more bizarre stories out there. Whether social, hey, welcome in, or anti-social, hey, get out. Join your MMR pals on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Groovy photos, videos, and social commentary. Plus, we find them the perfect place to waste time during the company meetings. Hashtag MMR rocks. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. So a passenger on an air flight from Delhi to Patna, India created a pandemonium when he tried to open the emergency exit door mid-flight because he mistook it for the lavatory. <laughs> How do you do that? It has a window in it. Uh, other passengers on board the Saturday flight said that the man, a first-time flyer in his late 20s, began tugging on the door and said <laughs> that he needed to use the washroom urgently. I have to make boopa. When people realized that he was what he was trying to do, they alerted crew members who persuaded him to return to his seat for the remainder of the flight. Honestly, when was the last time on an on a in an airplane lavatory did you see a big red handle to open the door? Uh, Senwar Khan, the official in charge of the local police, said that there was pandemonium as a man attempted to unlock the exit door. Some passenger reportedly even wrestled with the man and were injured in the struggle. Uh, the man was able to get the door unlocked, but of course you can't open it due to the cabin pressure. Once the flight landed safely, the man was taken into custody, questioned by authorities who deemed the incident to be a genuine mistake. Wow. 
A North Carolina woman kept her mother's body at home for several months to satisfy her curiosity about the stages of death. She wanted to watch her mother's body decompose? Pretty much it. Wow. Donna Sue Hudgens, 69 years old, was arrested shortly after... I guess I'm curious. ...a strange encounter at a local funeral home where she went to make final arrangements for her mother, Nellie Mae Hudgens, who was 93... You gotta get over here. Mom's face looks like mashed potatoes. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, but she claimed, okay, so she, she called to make final arrangements, but she claimed that she didn't know where emergency workers took her mother's body after she mm. passed away earlier that day. After trying unsuccessfully to track down the body, workers at the funeral home alerted authorities, prompting police to who responded to Hudgens' home, which she shared with her daughter. Uh, the responding officer soon found the elderly woman's badly decomposed body. The woman had been dead for several months before Hudgens oh let her relatives know God. about her passing. So, quick question. Uh, what about the stench? Oh, I don't, there wasn't any indicator about that. Detectives interview Hudgens and learned that she did not report the death because she was curious and wanted to see the stages of death. This this may be a stupid question, but if you did report the death and chose to keep the body at home, is that illegal? That's illegal because yeah. I think it's it's a biohazard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think a body has to be properly disposed of and uh, legally. All right. Uh, Hudgens was later arrested and charged with felony concealment of a death. <laughs> A man has undergone emergency surgery on his eye after being attacked while checking on a kangaroo that he initially thought was dead. Uh, What's with the kangaroo story? Uh, Billy Willicks stopped on the side of the road after seeing something move as a kangaroo lay on the road earlier this month. Now, Mr. Willicks, this is in Australia, by the way, Okay, uh, said that he thought the movement might have been a stranded joey. Hey, he looks like a stranded joey. But in a flash, the kangaroo that he thought was dead jumped up and went for his eyes. He said it was fast, <laughs> really fast. I didn't even get that close to it, and suddenly it just got up. Look at this picture of his oh eyes. My God. Oh, my goodness. You know the old saying, playing kangaroo. He's uh, He's got blood coming out of his eyes. He said it scratched my, my eyes and my face and started clawing at my bag. He said, I gave it a kick and it backed away a bit, so I got in my car. <laughs> uh, Mr. Willox, who moved to Australia from Scotland in 1982, said he initially feared that he had lost the sight in one eye. Uh, with blood in his eyes, he managed to drive home and ask his uh, wife to take him to the hospital. He underwent surgery to repair torn ligaments and skin tissue around his eyes and had a tetanus shot and has since returned to his work as a bus driver. Um, as a follow-up, I, I, I told you guys about this a little while back, but there's, of course, only one official Bruce Springsteen Facebook page. It's denoted with small blue check mark and has 5.4 million followers yet. There are dozens of fake social media accounts purporting to be the boss, and apparently one might try to scam you big time. The woman, who's named Mary for anonymity's sake, was uh, nearly scammed out of thousands of dollars from one such account, which she chatted with for nearly a year after she commented on the fake Springsteen page, and Bruce himself sent her a message. That's amazing. The relationship grew and reportedly turned a little flirty. Fake Bruce said that he was set to divorce his wife, Patty Scalfia, uh, Scalfa. And, oh, my God. But because uh, Scalfa had all his bank accounts tied up, he, you guessed it, needed some money, preferably mm. in the form of iTunes gift cards. <laughs> I won't be able to marry you unless I can get free of this crazy bitch. 
Uh, Mary obliged her new flame. Oh, sending, oh boy, I'm going to marry Bruce Springsteen. Sending him hundreds of dollars in gift cards before he laid down the big con. He said he needed even more cash to get a stash of gold worth millions shipped out of Dubai. Ah. <laughs> she said, my mind was just so, I don't know, maybe brainwashed or something. And I said, okay, how much money? The poor woman was asked to send someone $11,500 via MoneyGram, Western Union, and a cashier's check before she realized she had been taken for a ride down Highway 9. <laughs> what was the tip-off? Who, uh, who let her on? She said, I was vulnerable at the time. She just... Thank God Elvis out. interceded. Uh, but This man, this man's taking you for a ride. Uh, she said... I'm the one that needs money. She said, you know, it hurt, it hurts, <laughs> and you feel stupid. Really? Oh, this is John Wayne. <laughs> you got to be a little more careful with your business investments. Uh, again. In fact, I have a great one for you. <laughs> Are you uh, familiar with the Bonneville Salt Flats? <laughs> uh, again, unless Spring- Springsteen is messaging you from an account with a blue check mark on oh, it. This is Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be a scam. But I had a story about this a little while back that uh, in, in New Jersey, they were putting out warnings not to respond to I, these supposed uh, contacts from Bruce Springsteen <laughs> asking for money. Oh, this is Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I have all of my money tied up in Dubai. Uh, and there you go. That's what I have for you in uh, the Bizarre Files. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to you by Dunkin'. Girl Scout cookie-inspired flavors are back at Dunkin'. Enjoy $2 medium lattes and cappuccinos from 2 to 6 p.m. Preston and Steve run on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, MTV reality star turned porn actress Farrah Abraham seen out on a romantic date with Rebel Wilson's former boyfriend, stuntman at Aiden Day. Stay says Abraham is a perfect match for him because he's always wanted a woman with a walk-in rectum. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mystery swirling around 76-year-old New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft and his 36-year-old girlfriend, Ricky Noel, who just gave birth to a baby that's not his, even though they've been dating for five years. Kraft attempted to explain the weird situation to a group of paparazzi, saying, quote, Ricky's legs open faster than a new Starbucks. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally... Fox is belatedly airing an O.J. Simpson interview he did years ago for that bizarre book he did called If I Did It, Confessions of a Killer, in which he says he, quote, hypothetically had an accomplice in the murders of Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman. Said Simpson, quote, if I did it, which I didn't, but I know how I would have done it, but I didn't do it because I did, didn't do it. <laughs> what? And that's your Hollywood <laughs> All righty. Please welcome to the program this morning, Mr. Jay Leno. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. And I'm sorry I made that collect call. Apparently it blew up the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Your it's, fault. it's clearly what happened. Do collect calls even exist anymore? <laughs> I, don't I don't know if they still have collect calls. I think they do in prison. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. We, we used to do the thing where it was long distance and the other person, you didn't want to pay for it, and you would call and say a collect call and they would say, you have a collect call from, hey, mom, call me real quick. Yeah. All that stuff. So, uh, Jay, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, I have to just start right out by saying, I and I told Preston this this morning, I'm a huge fan of Jay Leno's Garage. Okay. Uh, the series is great. And and uh, I was watching it. It seems that you have had, um, uh, you have a relationship with uh, Paul Walker's family. 
And I know you have Cody Walker. You had Cody Walker on the show. And right. there, there's a charity event coming up with that family. Is that correct? Well, that was, uh, yeah. You know, they called me, uh, like, a week and a half ago, so we just struggled. We couldn't get any of Paul's actual cars because even though he's been gone for a number of years, and I think it's five years, it's everything's tied up and... You know, when you don't leave a will, or an, I don't know where he left the will, but anyway, it's all tied up in litigation. You right. can't touch the cars, you can't move the cars. So we wanted to get a car that was similar to the one he had, uh, the 93 uh, Toyota Supra. That, was and, a, that, is a, that is, I remember that car. It had a, a very cool spoiler on it. Right, right, uh, right. And it was, it was a sleek car. It was, uh, and so you, you managed to get one? Yeah, we got one uh, from a company that imports them from to one of those Japanese domestic market only cars. Uh, so that was kind of fun. I, I really liked Paul. He was a nice guy. I had him on the show quite a bit, and he was one of the few car guys that could really talk cars as opposed to you know faking it like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, Preston and I were talking about it, and, and and you, I mean, you're the real deal. It's not just simply a fascination in collecting cars. I know you have a formidable collection but you you actually can can get your hands dirty and do the the maintenance work on a vehicle oh, as well it. yeah fact, one of the greatest museums is right here in philadelphia the, the fred simeon's museum uh you yeah. know he's got just, just amazing stuff it's we just had an museum. just had an event there it, it it is phenomenal what they have but i i i have to assume so what do you have 181 cars yourself what what is the total right now yeah you sound like my wife I'm, <laughs> No, honey, honey, you remember this one? It's just blue. What? No, I just painted it. It's just not a different. No, no, I just painted it. So, so at that level, I have to say, because like with this collection, people are fascinated. Is 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 your collection viewable to the public at any point? Well, no, it it used to be, but then the cops shut you down because you don't have the do not drink contents of battery signs and you know all this kind of stuff. I mean. To open to the public is like a nightmare. Is it? Just, okay. Must drain all fluids. If anyone approaches the vehicle, there'll be no fluids in the car. Okay. Cars have fluids in them all the time. I mean, they should. They, I mean, you know. So it. So although it's not open to the public, we do do stuff for, you know, Make a Wish Foundation or veterans groups, and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Jay, how do you decide what car you're buying next? Okay, okay, that sounds like a first-world problem. <laughs> <laughs> really. Okay, right. wait, we're going to talk to Jay Leno about how do you, how do you decide? It must be so hard. <laughs> you know what it is? You buy the story. Sometimes I had an old lady call me, I guess it's about three or four months ago. She, I knew she was well in her 90s because she said to me, she was Marilyn Monroe's roommate before Marilyn got famous. Okay, uh-huh, so okay. that's got to be the 40s. Yeah. And she lived in Beverly Hills, and she had this 1966 four-door Lincoln Continental convertible. Remember the TV show Entourage? Remember that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. And, you know, she's the original owner, and I'm talking to her on the phone, and she says to me, she only drove it 1,000 miles a year, and she lived three miles from my house. So I go over to look at it, and she's showing me the car, and she told me she she bought every option except FM. Because <laughs> FM was new in '66, and she wasn't going to pay seventy-five dollars for something that's not going to be around in a couple of years. Right? Yeah, <laughs> no time for FM. Right? Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's still on the AM. So, um, and you know, it's it's like a brand new car. I mean, it's got a couple little supermarket dings in the door, but it, it looks like a car that's five years old, not sixty years old. Wow. So I, I I just had to buy it because I love the story. You know. 
So, okay. so with the stories and with with the with the, the cars and so on and so forth, what, what advice? To, oh, so, okay, so maybe we don't have the the Jay Leno um, uh, buying a capability, but to someone who no, is, no. But see, that's the thing. It's not a matter of buying expensive cars. I mean, right? I bought a Corvair for six hundred bucks. I put thirty grand in it. It's now worth twelve five. That's better than the stock market. <laughs> you no, know, and which your, your, your first. I, I love how you got into cars because I think it's something that probably doesn't exist that much unless you know in, in rural areas. You found like a like a junker, an abandoned car, and sort of piecemealed it back together. Correct when you were well, a kid. When we were kids, we were about eleven or twelve, and we found an old Renault Four CV that somebody had abandoned, and we got it running, and we would drive around the backyard and. You know, my mom would look through the kitchen window to make sure we didn't kill each other. Because now they call child services and the parents would be taken away and you'd live in foster care. But back then, it was like, oh, okay, don't kill yourselves. Just be careful. You know, we practice with the car and, you know. Oh, we did, we, we did the same with the motorcycle. It's, you know, the, the, the same thing. My mom was like, oh, well, then you got that motorcycle out there. And, uh, you, you know, you could have died a thousand times, but you didn't. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something how much it's changed. I grew up in a rural area. When I was in high school, the kids went to the hardware store. Some friends of mine bought half a crate of dynamite <laughs> and, said, and, and said that they were going to blow up tree stumps. Uh, so sure. they bought they bought, they bought, they bought <laughs> half sticks of dynamite, and we drove around blowing up mailboxes. <laughs> you could and buy the, dynamite. And then the cops pulled us up and said, all right, give us a dynamite. Ah, like, <laughs> oh, your kid's there with your dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, time, time is insane. Yeah, that is crazy. You, you can't really buy half sticks of dynamite. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, Jay, I watch uh, Jeopardy pretty much every night, and I love seeing you pop up. It seems like it's once a week that you're on the show with uh, car, uh, you know, categories usually about cars. How often do you tape those? And, and uh, do well, you, you know, some they, they came over one day and said, "We could tape a whole bunch of stuff." As a I said, "Yeah, okay, we'll ask you different questions." So you, you kind of do it all in like two hours, and then they drop it in throughout the year sometimes. Yeah, it's great, and it's got to be fun for you to do stuff like that. You can just kind of do it whenever you want, if you want. You know something? I'm dyslexic, so I can't watch Jeopardy. I go, wait, <laughs> the question, you know what I mean? Because I turn everything, what, what, I, I, I just can't do it. I just, what, no, wait, it's the, okay, no, okay, yeah, that's pretty much me watching Jeopardy. Right. But it's, I'd rather be a, an answer than a question. Uh, you know, just doing some reading uh, up on you before having you on the show today, and you, you had your uh, your your book uh, "Leading with My Chin," talking about your uh, you know early days in show business. And I was reminded of a story that I heard, and I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, and if it actually happened. But when you were starting in comedy, is it true you would routinely check like um, for open houses, go into the house and sort of live? Well, no, what, well, actually, first of all, you're the first radio host to use the word. Apocryphal. Which is very good. You know, I think a lot of listeners go, get, honey, get the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, when I first got to LA, I didn't have any place to live. Uh, you know, I just got in the plane and went there because I was living in Boston. And, and I said to myself, you know, if I stay here in Boston, I'm going to want to get a nice place and a car. And I said, if I don't leave right now, I'm never going to. I just went and I, I just flew to L.A. Right. And what I would do, I would look through the papers. And then when it was an open house, like on a Sunday, you know, I'd say like noon to four. I'd get there quarter to four, look around, pick up a brochure, and then just go like hide in the closet. And when the realtor locked the place up, I'd live there for a couple, couple of days. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> ingenious. No, no, it worked. It worked. And I didn't destroy anything. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't trying to wreck anything. Except one day I was... Uh, <laughs> 
it turned out to be one of the houses I was sleeping in was owned by one of the Beach Boys. Ah. And it was for sale. And I was, I'm sleeping. And just the realtor comes through with a family. Here's the bed. Who are you? Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> were, you ever, were, you ever, were you ever busted? Were you ever arrested? Not for that. I got picked up twice for vagrancy, but not for not for that. Is it is it true you're a Hollywood star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is one of those spots where you were picked up for vagrancy? Yeah, well, you know what they used to do is the cop would if the cops saw you like five times in a night, they go, All right, get in the back and they put in your back for a police car. And then they just drive you around for their whole shift and then yeah. they'd let you out at dawn. And you know, look they were nice guys. I you know, I wasn't drunk, I wasn't a crazy person. I would tell the cops jokes and, you know, which actually backfired because the next time I got the other guy with the joke, I get in the back. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting a free show. Yeah. What's the joke about this? Oh, oh yeah. And then you tell the cops, you know, the joke and they'd laugh. They were, they were actually very nice to me. Yeah. In fact, when I got my walk on Hollywood the same, a couple of the cops who directed me <laughs> Oh, that's oh, wild. that's great. That's great. Did you spend some of your uh, earlier stand-up days uh, playing in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. There used to be a club called Grandma Minnie's. There used to be a, 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 a comedy work. Um, Did you play David, David Brenner's place back when that was around? There was a guy named uh, Jimmy Cayune. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. Yeah, he was. He, he was like. Was he like a Korean comic? No, 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 no. He was. Um, I think he was Middle Eastern. I think he's in. Is he in jail? I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so then I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was just. It just very. Unusual, right? Right. It was just interesting. I remember. I, I remember it was a comedy club with a circular staircase, and it said seat forty-five, <laughs> and there were three hundred and eighty people in there. <laughs> so and, this and is. And a- when I worked there, the guy said to me. This- we're going to keep the window open behind the stage in case of the fire. Just go out the window. So okay, thanks. That it's those stories are great. I mean, and you know, and, and those early because I remember when you when you came on the scene, uh, your your stand up, you know, was just uh, to me it was just uh, it was it was just massively impressive and hilarious, oh, and 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 always sh- sharp. But when you started out and you were doing, and I I don't know if this is correct, but when you started doing uh, gigs at the comedy store, did you end up having to follow Pryor pretty frequently? No, no. I used to like I used to love to follow Pryor because you know something. Comedians, comedians are inherently pretty lazy. We tend to just go where we know the laugh is. Right. And I would watch Richie every. Richie was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he would literally blow out the room. And I thought, well, I asked Mitzi, could I go on after Richie if we wanted to? But I figured that's the only way you're going to get better. Yeah. And I realized I didn't have an hour's worth of material, and I had about maybe 16 minutes of stuff that really worked. You know, if the audience is already laughing and you're just jumping in on the laugh, and so, but to get to the real core of it, and it really helped me hone the craft, as they say, because you got to find out what really worked. Instead of trying to find a sympathetic audience, find the hardest audience you can play and see if the stuff works. Go ahead. It was, it's, it, you know, that, that, and we, I mentioned she recently passed away, um, um, and, and she was, she was integral to a lot of comedians' careers. Oh, yeah. what, what are your memories of her? Oh, yeah, no, it was terrific when we started. You know, the problem was she was like everybody's comedy mom. Yeah. And when you were starting out, it was great. And as you sort of grew and you got off on your own, she tended to be a little sort of patriarchal. You know, you should be doing that's not what I'm doing. You, you, you know what I mean? It, yeah. She, she, she couldn't let go, you know? 
um, that was kind of the problem. I mean, it was really wonderful when we started, but, you know, like any sort of rebellious person, as most comedians tend to be, they don't want to be told what to do. And I think there was a lot of things like that happened. I mean, um, it was just, it was an interesting time, you know, Mitzi, uh, that's when all the comedians went on strike, you know, and they yeah. wanted to get $25 a set. And Mitzi said, nobody, this is a college you're here to learn. And, Everybody thought, well, you're making a lot of money. I mean, can't we at least get a sandwich out of it? You know, it was one. And yeah. I don't think it wasn't that Mitzi was greedy. It's just that she had this personal relationship. So it was, it was, it was tricky. It was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. It was a wonderful time. I mean, it was me and Letterman and Robert Williams and all the guys. I mean, it was. You know, it's so funny. I watched this. I seen this show. Uh, I'm dying up here on. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. On show. And. Although it's a good show, it's not really accurate to me because everybody in it is depressed and miserable. I mean, when we were young comics, then it was great. We all cheered one another. When I did my first Tonight Show, Robin Williams and everybody came and said, in fact, if you watch the tape, you can hear, <laughs> you hear Robin's goofy laugh at the back. Uh, you know, and when, when he did the show, I went and we all supported one another. And that's, I mean, obviously there are petty jealousies and stuff that go on, mm-hmm. but not to any great extent, you know. I always tell young comedians, you'll always get more work from other comedians than you'll ever get from uh, an agent or somebody like that. I mean, Steve Martin brought Johnny in to see me. Harvey Corman brought Johnny in to see me. Wow. Uh, you know, I brought Johnny in to see Ella DeGeneres. I mean, and, you know, we all kind of help one another. I think it's still the case today. I mean, uh, most comics, you can't do every gig every day. You yeah. know, there's plenty of work for everybody, you know, so... Uh, comics do tend to support one another. I mean, there are some exceptions, obviously, but for the most part, it's it's a great business. It's fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of a simpler time, Jay, I just wanted to give you an update. Uh, Jimmy Tyoon passed away last year, and he went to prison uh, about 25 years ago for racketeering. So he, he, did, he, he did know the comedy works. You were correct about that. He was a local right. politician, uh, but uh, right, rest right. in peace, Jimmy Tyoon. You know something? I used to... Those, those guys... Used to make make me laugh. You know, see, I'm still young enough to do to remember. I did clubs when they were run by the mob. No, oh, yeah. they were run by like the Marriott Corporation. You know, but then, then they were run by the mob. And I remember I played a place in Jersey. I'm not even going to say the name of it, but these two guys come up to me and they go, "Hey, Jay." How you doing? I'm Anthony. This is my brother, Tony. <laughs> You're Anthony. Tony. And, and he said, so we do collections for the boss, and we know that you're Italian, and we're Italian, and, you know, sometimes funny things happen to us when we're doing collections, and we thought maybe if we told you one of our funny stories, you would incorporate it in your comedy routine. And I said, I said, sure, Anthony. And Tony, what's a funny story? She tells tell me, okay, we go to this guy's got some kind of machine shop. You know, he owes ten thousand dollars. He doesn't want to pay and I say, You gotta pay, he says, I'm not paying. He says, You gotta pay. He turns his back to me. So I take a screwdriver, boom, I stick the screwdriver on top of his head. You know, it goes right into his head. And he turns around, he grabs me by the throat, I take my gun, boom, I pull the screwdriver right off the top of his head. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that something you can? I said, you know, that's a great story for Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great story for Ellen. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, that 
that is funny. There was uh, years ago. I did I did stand up as well, and there I played in one. I think it must have been one of those last you know um, mob owned comedy places, and it was that kind of vibe, you know. But but oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it, very very funny. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you because I think a lot of people, you know, obviously from the Tonight Show and everything, but. It, you 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 have they're familiar with your your stand up uh, maybe on maybe some are strictly on a level of a of a monologist doing you know the the, the beginning right. of the show not really understanding that you have a vast comedy career before that do you find that that's kind of an eye opener for people when they come and see you well sometimes you know sometimes people go oh we thought you got to bring a chair and desk out and like interview people <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah yeah no. but you know it's so funny it's like. It, it just makes me laugh. I mean, it's the Academy of Music. It makes it sound very pretentious. You know, because it, it, somebody said to me the other day, they asked me, well, how do you like I was at, uh, where was I? I was in Wilmington, North Carolina. It was a nice theater. And they said, how do you like the lights? You know, and I said, whatever lights you got are fun. Because, you know, I, I, once, I used to play strip clubs. And th- th- this is a classic example of bad lighting. I went, there was a strip club outside Atlanta called the Mine Shaft that I worked. And the gimmick to the club was the club had no lights. When guys came in, they paid $5 to get in, and then they paid $10 to get a miner's hat with a light on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's great. So the miner's the the miner, the hat was the only light. In the club. So I would just be standing completely in the dark and it'd be like a naked woman, maybe five feet to my right. And cause every, every, every light would be on her. You know, I'd just be in the, in the dark, you know, and when somebody looked at me, it was like a Harley headlight. Ow, ow, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, you, you, you'd just be these stupid miners hats with lights on them. So people go, how are the lights? They go, fine. Are they stationary? Fine. It's fine. That is hilarious. Oh man. I did. What was the name of the place again? The, the, the mind shaft. The mind, the mind shaft. shaft. I would have to, if I was on stage, I would have to be pointing. And, and look over to your right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just to watch all the lights pan over oh, yeah. while you're I mean, up on, just entertain yourself. Yeah, and of course, then they just be guys looking at the, looking for the men's room, whatever else. So the lights are just all over the place. Oh, my it's God. Like this, it's like the stupidest place. Oh, you it's hilarious. Though. You can't make that up. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hilarious. Hilarious. So you're you're in Philadelphia right now. Are you... um? Are you doing a spot at QVC today? I am doing a spot at QVC, and I've been doing these Jay Leno car care products. This is stuff we developed in my garage. I realized the best thing to do is just take a check from the big company, but it's more fun to kind of come up with the stuff yourself. So I'm really proud of the product. It's doing really well, actually. We did QVC like a month ago, and we sold out, and it went great. So what, they asked me back again. What is the specific uh, product, uh, uh, Jay? Well, there's tire dressing, there's the detailer, there's polish. Um, you know, the idea behind it was I make my money doing comedy, so we keep the profit margin as thin as possible <laughs> right. to get the highest quality product for the same price. And it seems to be paying off. You know, it's interesting. When we came out with it, I expected all kinds of snarky comedy. Oh, Jay Leno's some stupid product. But, <laughs> but actually, uh, you know, it's actually really good. People have been, the comments are really good. Everybody seems to like well, it. Well, they, they they know you're the, the real deal when it comes to, to, to the car stuff. Uh, you well, know, I, know and so. I mean, you, you have yeah. you have vast amounts of cred. I just have to bring up one other thing, too, because yeah. we all watched when you went on that ride with the uh, the stunt driver. Is it Bob Riggles' his name? Oh, Bob Riggles, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. 
He wasn't a stunt driver. He's, he races that, the, what they call the Hemi under glass. Hemi under glass. I, yeah, I used, to, I used to build the models as a kid of the Hemi under glass. Right, right, right. And, uh, put, put an M80 in it and roll it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stick a dynamite. Uh, but you, how many times did you flip over in that car when he took that turn? Uh, a couple of times. I'm not really sure how many times it is. It, it looks a lot worse than it was when it happened, but... Uh, it was all oh, great for ratings. People love it anytime they think you're going to get killed. <laughs> yeah, it's really good for ratings. I, I had the thrill of riding shotgun with uh, with Jimmy Johnson uh, a couple of weeks ago up at uh, Pocono Raceway, and oh, uh, cool. yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. Um, are, are there any you know thrill rides you've taken that stand out in your mind that you've had the opportunity, to, or would you rather be you know behind the wheel yourself, or do you mind you know letting a, a pro take over like that? Well, either one. I mean, yeah. about uh, last week on our show. We, you know, all these companies say that cars go 200 miles an hour, but most really don't. They go 189, 191. So we went to Chevrolet and they said, give us a completely stock VR1 Corvette. You claim it'll do over 200. Let's see how it does. And we went 204 miles an hour, 50 miles. It was, it was rock steady the whole way. I was very, it was very impressive. Hey, wait, very wait, impressive. where do you stand on, I mean, because now you, you have these, the, the electric cars are getting insane acceleration and uh, right. wait, wait, are you are you a purist on you know it has to be a combustion engine or, or no no i i mean to me look racers especially just want to go fast you got something that goes faster that's fine mm-hmm. you know it's so funny it's like when uh, one of the companies come out with that semi truck that you see that's all aerodynamic all the truckers laughed at it until it got like 16 miles a gallon instead of nine right and then they all went crazy for it so no, you can't stop technology. You can't stop progress. You know, I mean, I I think it's fascinating. I mean, if you like piston engines, you'll always have those. But, you know, I've got a Tesla, and that thing is pretty bulletproof. It's never been to the dealer. The engine never wears out. There's nothing. There's no fluids to change. I yeah. mean, that's, that's pretty much what the future is going to be. You know, it's always been limited by battery technology. I've got a 1909 Baker electric car that goes 80 miles on a charge. Wow. It, it shows you the batteries really didn't change much from the 1800s, 1900s up until now. But now you've got lithium ion and all this kind of stuff. So it's uh, that's the future. Wow, that's right. Do you have anything steam powered? Do you ever go that far back? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of steam powered cars. I love steam powered cars. Yeah. I saw one on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. If you go online, you can see my uh, Stanley Steamer blow up in my face. <laughs> it means ratings, right? Yeah. yeah well, I think yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. In I... fact, I have I have the oldest car ever stopped for speeding on the. 405 freeway. I had my 1906 Stanley Steamer. I, it got stopped at 78 miles an hour. It's made of wood and it's on fire. <laughs> and, it, and it says, it says, it says in the manual, should the car catch fire, shut off the fuel, and, and open the throttle to increase speed to blow fire out. <laughs> oh, yeah, one. You know, things are not really you wouldn't see today. Oh, wow. <laughs> do, how, wow. How do I get the fire out of the car? Does not appear in the owner's manual. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Oh yeah. People are expected to do things. I've got a 1938 Vincent motorcycle, and it says after a thousand miles. Disassemble engine, check everything, reassemble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's oh, yeah. out of the skill set of most people. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. You know, this is what people did before Netflix. They, they <laughs> fixed stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Jay, we appreciate your time. And cool. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, listen, wonderful to talk to you. We're huge fans, and uh, and all the best to you, okay, Jay? Yeah, that's a great start for Ellen. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> right, man, we'll see you later. Jay, later, guys. Wow. That's, uh, that's awesome. That's cool. cool. Yeah, He's, very cool. Guy's got some stories, man. I mean, that many years in show business? Yeah. Yeah. And and if you think about his his run on the Tonight Show was you know incredibly successful. He he retired when he wanted to, and he's uh, and now he just you know, right, he's I, just enjoying himself and he does comedy when he wants to. Let me get this figure up here, Preston, because it's oh, um, he made right. so much money. Yeah. So what is this? Oh. I, I shot it. Uh, estimated worth. I think this is from Forbes. Three hundred fifty million dollars. Oh. Yikes! God. Did you ever see, and you know, and he and obviously he and uh, Seinfeld are both insane car collectors. He's Porsche, right? Seinfeld, mostly. Yeah, yeah. And then I think uh, uh, Leno leans a lot towards American cars, but he'll yeah. he'll do anything. Uh, but uh, there was uh, there was an ad campaign where they were rivals against each other. I don't know if you remember. I don't that. remember I was that. Like, ah, Leno. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was great, and, it, and they played off of their their car fascination. Um, so wow, that was cool to have him on. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR.